the world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk today is May 18th, 2020, episode 198, and this week, Problem, Reaction, Robots. And my name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to another live stream episode. Recording live, too. Canary Cry Radio YouTube channel, Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, DLive channel, Twitch, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, and we're here once again. We're here. We're here and we're doing it. And we're don't forget, it. everybody, if you miss, you know, a lot of people tune in a little late to the live stream and they're so, so sad and we're so, so sad for you. But remember, we've got, you know, we've been doing this a long time. If you if you miss an episode, YouTube, uh, you know, if they censor the episode, take it down, demonetize, whatever it is. You can uh, find all the episodes and uh, years and years and years worth of episodes by searching your podcast play. Layer of choice uh, for Canary Cry Radio and Canary Cry News Talk. Two separate shows, both uh, part of a balanced diet. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So how you doing today, Gons? You made it through you made it through the weekend. I did. Um, I feel the same way as some Twitch people in there saying that your eyes look beautiful today, Basil, on the day oh, of this thank apocalypse. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. yeah, I got I got a good night's sleep last night, so I'm looking bright and uh, engaged, bright-eyed <laughs> and bushy tails. Tails, tails, multiple tails, tailed, as my dad and many people's dads would say. I want to say a big old hello to people in the chat, specifically over on Twitch. We got Jeff Bezos RFID chips in stock. I see in there. We got Flippy, Flippy Official. Uh, what in the hillbilly heck? All sorts of good uh, Twitch folks over there. Thanks for tuning in. And over on, uh, let's see, over on YouTube. Who we got over there? Oh, Six String Commandos on Twitch too. Uh, we got, uh, I'm not recognizing anybody in YouTube, but uh, I'm sure there's some some, uh, uh, some old timers in there. <laughs> Placebo Rock. Yeah, comedy show. What is this bleep? So yeah, we're, we're not a comedy show, but we're just, as we mentioned in the couple, you know, last episode, maybe the episode before that. You can, there's plenty of serious channels out there. We're obviously serious about what we talk about, <laughs> but you can, you can do a few things. You can get really mad and angry, um, you know, and throw things around, or you can, yeah. you can uh, cry. That's another option and mourn. <laughs> um, or you can laugh about all this crazy nonsense going on and, you know, yeah. it, there's a time for everything. And if you don't you know, feel I it's a time for laughter, you can go elsewhere, but it, we're both serious and you know, we make fun of the things that it, I think deserve to be make, made fun of. So I think you're putting, yeah, you're 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 putting a lot of thought into this, Gons, and that's very good. <laughs> trying to make people feel better. Fact of the matter is, if you want to be uh, terrified and scared and have some uh, somebody who's super intense, there's plenty of shows for you. Uh, not that we don't want you, but we also, you know, we want you to be happy. You can just 
do whatever you want. But thanks, everybody, for being here now. I'm going to head over to Facebook and start the uh, the watch party on the Canary Cry community so people can join me there. And uh, Gantz, yes. you know, we've been we've had to f- skip a few flippy updates because the the progression of robotics was not keeping up with uh, our ability to report on it. Right. But um, there's there's some things to talk about today. So uh, let's hit it with a flippy update. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? That's right. And for those who don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the beautiful disembodied arm uh, that is taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. Flippy, uh, generally in the robotics realm, is what we talk about uh, during the Flippy update, but also how robots are kind of sneaking into our lives, solving problems we didn't even know we had, and being used as a gateway for, uh, you know, increased control and generally quite a drastic change in life. Now, Gons, in the past, uh, we're always talking about Japan. You know, Japan, they're, they're always putting robots to work over there. Uh, Japan and China, but, uh, you know, Japan, we had the cafe that was staffed by robots being controlled by uh, people at home with VR goggles, that sorts of things. But it's not just Japan anymore. It's not just Asia kind of uh, on the robot uh, swing. Today, I'm going to be reading from timeout.com, and here we go. We got a bunch of UK listeners, so this is for you guys. This London cafe has uh, bought a fleet of tea-serving robots for after lockdown. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. The article reads, so you want to keep having afternoon tea, eh? Insist on sipping out of little china cups and tucking uh, into inconveniently small sandwiches, even in the new normal? The new normal. Well, sure, you can, but only if you're up for being served by robots. London cafe chain Tea Terrace is planning to staff its venues with tea-serving robots post-lockdown. There's seven humanoids on staff now, including one called Teresa Maybot. Very funny. (laughs) funny. After the former PM. She goes around saying, breakfast means breakfast. A truly restful and not at all triggering vibe in these uncertain times. The robots each cost uh, 9,000, 15,000 pounds and were purchased as a gimmick before lockdown. Now, though, they've found purpose in their previously meaningless robot lives, easing customers' anxiety uh, about being too near other people and helping the restaurant stick to social distancing guidelines. The plan is to send the bot squad out with food and to collect plates so that diners have less interaction with servers a true coming together of man and machine so it's starting to spread man the flippy virus i'm telling you yeah the flippy virus starting over there i don't think it's uh you know i don't know not trying to be a conspiracy theorist but all sorts of viruses, including the flippy virus, starting over there in Asia, uh, UK. If we, I know we got a ton of UK listeners, so if you're out there and you can go to T Terrace, staffed by staffed by robots, let us know. Give us some yeah. boots on the ground reporting. Um, just a reminder for a lot of people: uh, it's Miso Robotics, which a ton of listeners of the show are getting ads for now. Um, <laughs> I get maybe five or ten people a day sending me. Some 
screenshots of them getting the Miso Robotics Flippy commercial. Um, so I don't know. I think Miso Robotics is in a little bit of trouble. They're trying to get investors. So you know, everybody has to everybody go invest in Miso so I can <laughs> continue to report on Flippy. I actually found an article that I didn't include in in the the notes that we have here. Um, okay. which uh, had to do with the the people that are behind the actual Flippy, uh, like the funding of uh, Miso Robotics. I think they're uh-huh. called, I'm trying to find it now, refind it. I, I don't know if I will. Wavemaker. Mm-hmm. They're called Wavemaker. Um, mm. so they're considered Silicon Beach's most unusual venture capital fund. So if anyone wants to do a little research, look up Wave, what is it? Wavemaker. Uh, Silicon Beach, not Silicon Valley, but Silicon Beach Venture Capital hmm. Fund. They're the ones that funded Flippy the the robot through Miso Robotics yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's all yeah. money. It's all money, money, money. Twitchy Twitchy MP or Twitchimp over on Twitch uh, says if a restaurant uses robot employees, they should find robot customers. So <laughs> that is definitely true. Uh, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, I do want to thank quiet storm 1323 for giving us a $2 super chat over here. And he had a message about, uh, I think he said, there's nothing uh, funny about getting chipped. And um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw in the chat, but I responded, then don't take the chip hashtag. Don't take the mark, you know? There you uh, go. Yeah. Don't want it. Don't get it, baby. But moving back to uh, our flippy update, we got a second flippy update to make up for all the lost time. Yeah. This one isn't exactly a robot arm, but I want to play this report for you because this lady, uh, (laughs) this Yahoo News article, were open Detroit robots and restaurants team up in Ann Arbor. And I just, Mm -hmm. we just got to watch this report. This, this has to be a native ad. And if you guys don't know what native ads are, it's basically a company pays the news, news agencies to have news stories that look like news stories, but actually they're advertisements. And um, I think the lady that, that does the report here is way too pumped about the situation <laughs> here. Yeah. Whenever I order food for delivery, which is a lot, hey, I'm always hungry. I often hey. look out of the window and the door to see if the <laughs> delivery driver is in the driveway. But no way <laughs> would I ever expect to see a rev one rolling up oh wow, rev one. look at this meet rev one it's compact it's super cute and reliable it's a robot that delivers and with that being said boy, wow. these two professors from the university of michigan deliver with this genius device their company refraction ai built a fleet of them late last year and now business is booming because of covid19 especially in the restaurant industry if we talk to a lot of our restaurant partners, they restrict the number of deliveries that they do through like an Uber Eats or a Grubhub, et cetera, because the margins are just not there. We want something that works everywhere, right? Not just food delivery, but like all deliveries. Anyone can use our robot to do any type of delivery that they need to do. Takeout, groceries, prescriptions, you name it, Rev1 <laughs> is ready. And for some folks, it helps take some of the worry away. Stop putting me and myself or my family at risk. The risk that those employees are taking on by doing deliveries is significant. Restaurants are concerned for their employees, as are... <laughs> Where's his mask? So, how does it work? Well, mm, you order busted. food through a customer-designed app. And at 15 miles per hour, primarily in the bike lane, obeying all of the traffic laws, the autonomous battery-operated bot uses a navigation system to travel to your pre-programmed address in the Ann Arbor area and pulls up to your property 
you get a text when Rev arrives. So you go pick up your stuff and Rev pulls off. Neat, huh? We want to make Neat, sure huh? that everybody um, interacts with as few people as possible. And we think that robots can be a big part of that. This little dynamo is a big deal. And production is in progress to produce more. I sure hope it comes to a city near me soon. And I'm sure you do too. I'm Andre Isom, <laughs> 7 Action. <laughs> And I'm sure you do too. Super this lady's pumped. stepping on my uh, stepping on my gags, man. She's she's more hypey than I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> know, impressive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have her smokes. replace you and to, to hype up the show. She would be a great replacement for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's that lady's name? Did she say her she name did on there? Say we, her name at the end. Uh, here, let me try to find it. Uh, we gotta I'm pull Andre some Isom. clips. Andre something. Audrey. Something. Audrey something. I'm Andre Isom. Audrey Isom. Isom. Audrey. I'm Audrey Isom. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Audrey. So there you go. Yeah, we got more robots starting to deliver things. What a time for delivery robots. I mean, it seems like all these sort of uh, silly sort of... I don't know, novel little funky robot companies are just in the prime of their lives right now with oh, lockdown yeah. and everything. You they know, love it. We, we've been talking about delivery robots for years and you know what? Everybody thought they were crazy, but they're, uh, they really know what they're doing. I got some exciting news for you, Gons. Are you ready? No, I'm going to say one more thing about this, this robot car <laughs> thing. Okay. Um, first off, uh, shut down. First off, What's going to happen when like the homeless people need food and they see these guys rolling around? There's going to be so many carjack or rev one jackings. Of, yeah. Well, that, uh, is that why they got cameras on there? And, mm -hmm. but then people have masks, so you're, you're not going to be able to, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I just think this well, is a see, bad the idea. The problem comes when, um, you know, these things, it's kind of like the old West with some, uh, you know, stagecoach robberies, right? There's going to be some stagecoach robberies on these delivery robots for the pizza or Chinese food or what, what's ever inside. Yeah. But then, you know, you got a, you got right to property, you got right to protect your property. So then you got to have another robot riding shotgun and uh, some security systems on the thing. I don't know. This could go. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. You know, that's a joke, but that's also I not know. a joke, it's man. Not a joke. I've learned a long time ago not to uh, discount the silly things I say on this show because so far I'm about 10 for 10 <laughs> on uh, yeah. pr silly predictions about the, what the future looks like. It's definitely going to have uh, be equipped with like its own little laser gun or something if anyone tries to get near something it. or just it, you touch it you're gonna get shocked man there you go and get shocked or maybe some ink packs so you yeah. touch it or try to open it and ink explodes all over you yeah some okay. it'll be fun um okay are you ready for the exciting news now Gons? sure okay so i want to big a, a huge thank you now look just because i think the people on twitch doesn't mean i don't love the youtubers love the d livers i love everybody who watches the show but um because of all the the cool folks over on twitch watching we are number two on the list of talk shows and podcasts Ooh. over on twitch right now I'm yeah. gong for that one. We're number two, folks. So let's try to get to number one. We got uh, we got to get our average concurrent viewers up over on Twitch. And I know people hate it when I talk about this, but you know, if you just were watching, I wouldn't have to talk about it. So go to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio. Let's try to get to number one on the talk show and podcast category. Yeah, it's because no one podcasts on Twitch, apparently. Apparently, we're doing good. I like this. Yeah. Okay, guns, what do you got? 
We oh, I, uh, I got something. You got for something. You. you got a. You got some space updates. Space, 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 space. space. I'm gonna go to space. That's the that's fake right. space. Okay, all you uh, all you NASA lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm sure the NASA lovers are just just thrilled to be here. Oh, NASA lovers love our show. We love it. We love talking about the how the Earth could be flat, maybe. NASA lies, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. But, you know, we've talked about the Artemis uh, Accords in the past few weeks, and there's some news here. So I'm reading. This is straight from the, the mouth of the beast, NASA.gov. Um, let's see. Principles for a safe, peaceful, and prosperous future. Here you go, folks. Listen up. We need these principles for a safe, peaceful, and prosperous future. Mm. The article reads, via the Artemis program, NASA will land the first woman and the next man on the moon by 2024, heralding in a new era for space exploration and utilization. While NASA is leading the Artemis program, international partnerships will play a key role in achieving a sustainable and robust presence a sustainable, sustainable. and yeah. robust presence on the moon. Wow. While preparing to conduct a historic human mission to Mars. With numerous countries and private sector players conducting missions and operations in uh, cislunar space, it's critical to establish a common set of principles to govern the civil exploration and use of outer space. We got the, the Galactic Federation starting here, Gons. Yep. Uh, international space agencies that join NASA in the Artemis program will do so by executing bilateral Artemis Accord agreements, which will describe a shared vision for principles grounded in the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. We should talk about that someday. We'll, we'll pull it up. Yeah. It's very interesting. Wrote about it in a book that never yeah. published. <laughs> I know, 350 secret, pages. secret space program book. I know, yeah, 350 pages, gone to waste. It'll sit there forever. Yeah. Sorry, go on. So, grounded in the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, to create a safe and transparent environment which facilitates exploration, science, and commercial activities for all of humanity to enjoy. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. All of humanity humanity. to enjoy being the 37 people who will get to go (laughs) to space because of this. Okay. Number one, peaceful purposes. International cooperation on Artemis is intended not only to bolster space exploration, but to enhance peaceful relationships between nations. Therefore, at the core of the Artemis Accords is the requirement that all activities will be conducted for peaceful purposes per the tenets of the Outer Space Treaty. Okay, so there you go. I don't think that, I think part of the, if I'm not mistaken, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think the the 1967 treaty expired Uh in like 2001 or something, and they they haven't upped it. So I I I do remember something like that, yeah. They keep bringing it up, but maybe, uh, I don't know, it's just an interesting thing to to think about because uh, if I recall the last I remember hearing about it, uh, Bush didn't, update it and so they were trying to conquer space during the bush jr era and you know of course he was just right. dodging shoes being thrown at him and stuff so he couldn't do it but <laughs> go on you know what i what i found the other day was a, a 10 hour uh relaxing music um video on youtube mm-hmm. that was set to repeating 
the repeating video of Bill Gates getting pied in the face. Oh, that's fantastic. It was, it was so peaceful, <laughs> so so relaxing and nice. Um, okay, back to the Artemis uh, Accords. Transparency being the next one. Transparency is a key principle for responsible civil space exploration, and NASA has always taken care to publicly describe its policies and plans. Artemis Accords partner nations will be required to uphold this principle by publicly describing their own policies and plans in a transparent manner which is just so they're so awesome i love how transparent nasa is so transparent super secret space program transparency All right, moving on. Interoperability. Interoperability of systems is crucial to ensure safe and robust space exploration. Therefore, the Artemis Accords call for partner nations to utilize open international standards, develop new standards when necessary, and strive to support interoperability to the greatest extent possible. Uh, practical. So there you go. You can't mix Legos and Diplo, Duplo bo- blocks now, Gons. Everybody has to use Legos. Get those Duplo bo- blocks out of here. I can't say Duplo blocks. <laughs> I don't even know what those are. It must be after fake my Legos, time. man. Oh, fake Legos. Fake Legos. Okay. Yeah. All right, next, emergency assistance. Providing emergency assistance to those in need is a cornerstone of any responsible civil space program. Therefore, the Artemis Accords reaffirm NASA's and partners' nation's commitments to the agreement on the rescue of astronauts, the return of astronauts, and the return of objects launched into outer space. Additionally, Under the Accords, NASA and partner nations commit to taking all reasonable steps possible to render assistance to astronauts in distress. Well, yeah, there's going to be like five of you guys out there. You got to help each other out. That makes sense there. Um, You know, it's it's really interesting. This is, uh, I mean, of course, I'm not saying these are necessarily bad. And maybe you should give uh, another rundown of the Artemis project and the Artemis Accords just for those who may have missed that uh, episode, Gons. I think it was, uh, it was a couple episodes ago, and it, it, I think Trump was the one that announced it, basically to mine the moon, and we're all going to get to have more resources because you know they're going to mine the moon, and of course Alex Jones talking about they're going to have statues of Trump on the moon and Mars, and yeah, and you know Artemis yeah. being the Greek goddess of the hunt, the wilderness, wild animals, the moon, and chastity, mm-hmm. interesting, yeah, the daughter of Zeus. And uh, Leto and the twin sister of Apollo. So that's why they named it Artemis. We had Apollo in the 60s. Now we have mm-hmm. Artemis, the twin. There you go. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And we had the, uh, we showed the Space Force recruitment video mm-hmm. a week or two ago, if everybody remembers that. Very important. Uh, recruitment is now open, soldiers and astronauts. So everybody needs to get on that. Um, okay. Continuing. Are you going to read all of these? The- well, I mean, there's quite a few. Do you have any special ones you want to read? No, not really. Uh, the only question I have is they talked about the first woman on the on the moon here at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if it's like a transgender woman? Does that count? Oh, Gonzo, of course it counts. Okay, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, this is, yeah we need as much uh, sort of 
complicating factors. This is space now, guys. Oh, that's right. We can't we can't make it simple. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, if it, if you find this boring, guns, I don't have to read through all of them, but I, I'll I'll list them. We had okay. the emergency assistance. We had the registration of space objects, mm-hmm. uh, release of scientific data, going back to the uh, you know the. Um, you know, everybody getting along nicely and trying to, as one human race is kind of a globalist ideal thing right. is what we're working for here. And that's, that's kind of the idea here is, you know, f- the space is the future. Uh, it's, it, it, we're trying to make it open for everybody. And as a global society, we all got to uh, get along and help each other out and do this as a human race, a human species, which, hey, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of that. That's great. I mean, we should be working together. We should be getting along, and that's all good. Um, but much like it was in 1969 where the uh, moon landing and and really the entire space race for its whole history was sort of used uh, for nationalistic pride. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a race of nations. It was... Uh, uh, competitive between the nations we we got a different attitude now guns this is this isn't about separating nations or competition this is about everybody coming together and getting along um which is nice for a public facing uh public facing sort of uh the, the brochure of the artemis project yeah remember we're reading the brochure here and of course different nation states and groups have been doing ha- having secret space operations for decades i mean that's kind of the whole point it's no fun if you got uh you know your geopolitical nemeses knowing everything you know sending your nukes shooting laser shooting satellites up into space but at least as far as the public's concerned it's going to be all nice and kumbaya up there mm-hmm. okay yep mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole Deconfl- the, the reminds me a- of the, the masonic flag that they allegedly planted on the moon yeah Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, Just the last two to read the last two here of the Artemis Accords: deconfliction of activities, which is uh, interesting. Let's just read through this one real quick. Avoiding harmful interference is an important principle of the Outer Space Treaty, which is implemented by the Artemis Accords. Specifically, via the Artemis Accords, NASA and partner nations will provide public information regarding the location and general nature of operations, which will inform the scale and scope of safety zones Hmm. notification and coordination between partner nations to respect such safety zones will prevent harmful interference so okay so that's how we're going to keep everybody away from the secret uh nazi moon bases Uh, as you say this is our safety zone you can't come over here yes it was all Uh all that all that safe space stuff was prepped for the the (laughs) hiding the nazi moon base it all comes together (laughs) artemis safe spaces yeah Yeah, very good Um, okay, and then uh, let's see, what do we got here? Orbital debris and spacecraft disposal, last but not least. Uh, preserving a safe and sustainable environment in space is critical for both public and private activities. Therefore, under the Artemis Accords, NASA and partner nations will agree to act in a manner that is consistent with the principles reflected in the Space Debris Mitigation Guidelines of the United Nations Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space. Moreover, NASA and partner nations will agree to plan for the mitigation of orbital debris, including safe, timely, and efficient 
uh, passivation and disposal of spacecraft at the end of their missions. So you got to put your recycling in the recycling bins, separate out the cardboard from the cans, Gons. Uh, we got to get this right. So there you go. There's your uh, your nice and friendly Artemis Accords principles for a safe, peaceful, and prosperous future. We're going to be keeping an eye out, uh, keeping an eye on the Artemis project. You know, this really is sort of the um, the globalist uh, sort of f- peaceful ex- exploration into space. Of course, we got uh, Trump and others talking about mining that sucker. <laughs> get all the gold, man. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Of, of course, uh, as happens, uh, has always happened in human history and will continue to happen. You know, you got uh, big, powerful groups agreeing to some peaceful um, rules. And then inevitably, uh, everybody's going to be doing all their own secret stuff. And, you know, the, the clandestine space missions will continue. Uh, yes. Let me uh, let me awesome. just mention one of the passages I wrote about in the book that never published was Obadiah 1. It's, it talks about the destruction of Edom. And there's a part in there that says, though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, even mm-hmm. from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. So, yeah, good luck there, Space Force. Space Force. And to, Here we go. Trying to get up to no good there, up into the high heavens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. Yep. We'll keep an eye on it. So that was more of a little update for everybody, but there you go. Awesome. On with the show. On with the show. All right. You know, this is a story that's a little different it's be biblical. because where am I? Um, you know, we talk a lot about technology and science and the scientific dictatorship and stuff like that. This is an article that was published on stream.org. And it was written by Lee Strobel. You may be familiar if you're a Christian or if you're a follower of Jesus and you uh, have studied some of the evidence for the resurrection and things of that nature. Does science support miracles? New study documents a blind woman's healing. And the article reads, she once was blind, but now she sees. A peer-reviewed medical journal has published the extraordinary case study of a woman whose eyesight was spontaneously restored after prayer for healing. It's the latest Hmm. example of how researchers are increasingly using scientific methods to investigate claims of miracles. The study details the medical history of a woman who was blind for more than a dozen years from juvenile macular degeneration, an incurable condition. She had attended a school for the blind, used a white cane for mobility and red braille. One night at bedtime, her husband, a Baptist pastor, got on his knees to pray. He put a hand on her shoulder as she laid on the bed. They were both crying as he prayed, Oh God, you can restore eyesight tonight, Lord. I know you can do it, and I pray you will do it tonight. With that, she opened her eyes and saw her husband kneeling in front of her. Quote, I was blind when my husband prayed for me, she said. Then, just like this, in a moment, after years of darkness, I could see perfectly. It was miraculous. Within seconds, my life had drastically changed. I could see, I could see. The woman's eyesight has remained intact for 47 years since the Proximal Intercessory Prayer, or PIP. That is, Christian Prayer for Healing with Accompanying Touch. Four researchers Hmm. published the case study, the first of its kind in medical literature, in the medical journal Explore. They are part of Global Medical Research Institute, which focuses on investigating claims of healing after prayer. Six years of feeding tubes healed. Last year, this group published another incredible case study in the peer-reviewed Complementary Therapies in Medicine. In that case, a man suffered from gastro 
gastroparesis. I'm Mm. saying that wrong. Um, And relied on two feeding tubes for 16 years. When he experienced hands-on prayer at a church, he said he felt an electric shock starting from his shoulder and going through his stomach. He had been instantly healed. His feeding tubes were removed. And seven years later, he is still free from any symptoms. Again, this was the first published case of such a spontaneous healing of this incurable condition. Uh, And then he says, in my book, The Case for Miracles, now in paperback, I report on several compelling studies that support claims of miraculous healings after prayer with physical touch. For example, Indiana University professor Candy Gunther Brown, PhD at Harvard, led a team that went to villages in Mozambique to study 24 people who were blind or deaf or who suffered from severe visual or hearing impairment. First, her team used standard tests and technical equipment to precisely determine each person's level of hearing or vision. Then they were each prayed for individually in the name of Jesus with accompanying touch. Immediately after that, they were tested again. The results? Quote, we saw improvement in almost every single subject we tested, Dr. Brown told me. Quote, some of the results were quite dramatic. Indeed, the average improvement of visual acuity was more than tenfold. Uh, Martine, a resident of the Namuno village, couldn't hear the equivalent of a jackhammer next to her when the researchers first tested her. After praying for healing, she was able to make out conversations. Brown and her team and I'm sorry, Brown and her team then did a replication study in Brazil to see if they would get similar results, and they did. The Mozambique experiment was a rigorous scientific study accepted for publication in the secular peer-reviewed scientific Southern Medical Journal. What's Dr. Brown's conclusion? Quote, Our study shows that something is going on with Pentecostal and charismatic proximal intercessory prayer, she told me. This is more than just wishful thinking. It's not fakery. It's not fraud. It's not some televangelist trying to get widows to send them their money. It's not a highly charged atmosphere that plays on people's emotions. Something is going on, and it surely warrants another investigation. End quote. Personally, I would venture to say that something miraculous is occurring, and I agree with Dr. Brown, more such research is needed. But in the meantime, several scientific studies are pointing to the direction of divine intervention in people's lives. So this is very interesting. As we move in this super high tech, we're going to heal vision. We're going to heal all sorts of people with all their ailments. Elon Musk saying we're going to heal, you know, brain uh, injured people and all this kind of stuff. It's interesting that we might start seeing actual scientifically verifiable miracles. I don't even know how that works necessarily, but it certainly would be interesting. I don't know that I it's going to go that far, but I'm saying that that's, it's going to be a thing that people are going to study more and more as these types of things happen. But at the same time, you got to remember the whole antichrist uh, counterfeit signs and wonders as well, just to you know keep that in mind. I'm not saying that, you know, God doesn't heal. I'm saying, you know, maybe there's some counterfeit type of healing going on from the devil himself too. Just to, well, just to stay balanced here. Yeah. Go ahead. It's been one of those things that, uh, you know, everybody has their own opinion on. Uh, you know, growing up, I grew up in the sort of Pentecostal charismatic group there. So uh, lots of this kind of stuff. And, you know, they're, they're, I, I've always heard claims of uh, scientifically researched and verified, uh, you know, things going on, but it's it's always hard to find exactly 
the sources for those uh, right. scientific studies and things like that. You know, people talk about it all the time, um, but uh, there have yet to be, I'm not saying there isn't, there probably is, but it's interesting because even if there was scientifically verified evidence of something like this happening, uh, it's probably a long shot that anybody would hear about it. Um, you know, just because that was this too much of a paradigm shift. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and you know, that's probably why you tried to sell me that snake oil when we first met. I was like, what, what is this for? And you just kept oh, saying, oh, stop it, Gonzo. <laughs> oh, stop it. Just trying to get you in trouble. I know. So, um, so yeah, no, that's very interesting. Who is this guy? Who is this researcher? Lee Who Strobel? Is this guy? You know, this guy, Lee Strobel. Or yeah. the, the doctors that he quoted. Lee Strobel's the an doctors. author. He was an atheist. Yeah, the, the doctors. He, he's one of those, athe- or he was an atheist who went out to disprove the existence of God and, and ended up becoming a, a believer in the process. The evidence was yeah. overwhelming. Oh, okay. Case one for Christ. Uh, he's actually. No, no. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking he, about the doctors. Oh, the, the doctors? The scientists, not the author. I don't know about the doctors. Just some, some doctors okay. from universities. Uh, yeah, see, that's the problem. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to find those doctors. I know. Okay. All right. Are you ready for the okay. next one? Yeah, very cool. I got some for you. Okay, so here we go. A little VR update, everybody. Just so you know, if this is uh, your first show or you haven't been watching long, let me just give you an idea of what we're doing here. We keep an eye on virtual reality, augmented reality. Obviously, not just for the fun gaming uh, purposes. That's always a good time. But what does it mean for humanity? What does it mean for society? What does it mean for work and love and recreation and all these things? Because Podcasting. uh, it's podcasting right it's touching all of these things uh, all of these areas of our life and it's easy to just be like i mean for the longest time everybody's just saying oh virtual reality it's a gimmick uh you know it'll never work i real reality is where it's at baby (laughs) um but i found this uh this article very interesting And, and yes as you can see here i am in my virtual reality office here it's much much more luxurious than my uh you know my real, real office, office. <laughs> do yeah. you get depressed so think, when you take the vr headset off like oh my my no, boring office I, it feels so good to get it off okay <laughs> <laughs> after a couple hours of having this thing on it's really starts to mess with your head um but we've talked about the possibilities of using vr to work from home not just you know uh, computer jockeying but also controlling uh robots from across the world and that's where we had uh, you know those robots working in a tea room in japan that were controlled by people who could not leave their houses um so that's also very interesting vr is really a thing don't sleep on it folks you gotta you gotta keep an eye on this because it's going to become much more prevalent uh vr will become as prevalent as regular screens i believe sometime in the future but here we go the article's on uh one zero medium.com um and the article's titled virtual reality one Not just the kind you think. Okay, all right. So we're going to broaden our scope of uh, virtual reality here. We've got, as authorities prepare to ease lockdown orders across the country. Of course, this is in the context of uh, COVID-19. As authorities prepare to ease lockdown orders across the country, it's becoming clear that the reopening we'd all look forward to doesn't mean returning to anything like normalcy. It's the new normal, folks. 
like the war on terror. The battle against coronavirus might be one that drags on for years without a real exit strategy, which is exactly what I've been saying this entire time. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Against that backdrop, we can expect a flourishing of what I'll call pandemic-ready tech. Platforms and tools built for a future in which social distancing is a fact of life, or at least a a specter that could return at any time. What these tools have in common is that they obviate the need for physical presence. Take virtual reality, a term that has its roots in early 1980s cyberpunk fiction, but which these days is associated with chunky headsets, uh, immersive graphics, and commercial failure. Uh, There's still a chance that coronavirus will make that kind of virtual reality more mainstream. On Thursday, Apple acquired startup NextVR, which broadcasts live and recorded events for VR headsets. Last week, Bloomberg uh, reported that Facebook is developing a smaller, lighter version of the Oculus Quest, its standalone VR headset. But if you take a broader reading of the term virtual reality, there's a sense in which it has already gone mainstream. For people stuck at home in the pandemic, big chunks of our lives have moved into online spaces even if we don't own any fancy VR gadgetry and some of those changes are likely to stick the pattern (laughs) you had to be there but you didn't have to be there Mm. for years massive multiplayer games have been evolving beyond entertainment and into gathering places the stay-at-home orders have only accelerated that trend this week a democratic political strategist suggested that joe biden's campaign could take a cue from rapper travis scott's virtual Fortnite concert and project a giant hologram of the candidate against the grand canyon (laughs) as part of the democratic convention hold on stop right there wait 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 hold on a giant joe biden hologram against the grand canyon now i i want to see that i want to see that happen and i want to see him say ridiculous things about his hairy legs can you imagine that that would just be it would be sad it would be funny but it would be sad it would be sad a a humongous confused old man just (laughs) standing above the grand canyon Talking to all the the Gen Zers. Oh my god! Uh, playing Fortnite. Oh, that's great. Although I would, I would, I might pick up uh, Fortnite to to play it if Joe Biden would show up <laughs> in one of the, the levels. <laughs> okay, oh go gosh. ahead. Sorry. And they're referring to Travis Scott, who's a rapper. Um, I saw clips of this. They did a Fortnite concert, so he was humongous. He was like a hundred feet tall in Fortnite and did a concert, and that's it. That's the end of it. Um, Scott's April 23rd takeover the Battle Royale game, which drew more than 12 million concurrent viewers. That's a lot of concurrent viewers. And nearly 28 million in all has quickly become a benchmark for the potential of in-game live events. The idea of Biden trying to stage any like this is both undeniably absurd and surprisingly <laughs> plausible. I think that's uh, a good read a good of way, that. Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. The idea came as the prospect of a virtual Democratic convention is looking more likely. On Tuesday, party leaders took a step in that direction, giving convention planners the authority to allow virtual voting if needed. 
Uh, this is for the the primary uh, vote at the convention. Right. Online voting more generally remains contentious with some states launching experiments, even as the federal government warns that it's high risk because the systems that support it have not been proven to be fully secure. Ready or not, coronavirus is pushing key elements of our democracy online, including Biden's campaign. <laughs> which has struggled to adapt his back-slapping political style to live streams from his home in Delaware and New York Times op-ed earlier this month. Barack Obama's former top strategist said he'll have to get more creative and interactive in his use of platforms. Quote, online speeches from his basement won't cut it. I think that's wise. It's smart. Those, those uh, basement videos from Biden have not quite done it, I don't think. No. <laughs> Uh, continuing on, even if and when the pandemic recedes to the point that we can safely cram tens of thousands of people into an arena or conventional hall or even hundreds into a club, the logistical infrastructure that supports those events from venues to promoters to StubHub and Live Nation may lie in ruins. When you think of how Netflix was chipping away at movie theaters even before COVID-19, it's not a stretch to foresee virtual events like Scott's Fortnite concert permanent supplanting some portion of the live events industry including but not limited to concerts. ESPN's Arda Okel, a former WWE announcer, predicts Fortnite weddings, Fortnite business meetings, an in-game WWE event, and Survivor Fortnite. All of those things already exist in other uh, games. So this is the, the biggest OK Boomer I've ever seen on or Arda Okal. Uh, weddings have existed in MMORPG games for a long time. Same with business meetings. Uh, I guess an in-game WWE event, like, you know, the video game of WWE <laughs> that already exists and Survivor Fortnite. That's just called Fortnite. Uh, moving on. Nor will the trend be limited to Fortnite. Couples are already holding. Okay. So <laughs> they just uh, did a whole few paragraphs on what I just said. Um, let me see here. Let me scan because this is a little bit long. Um, but I, th what do you think, Gon? Are you about to, are you going to ever jump into, uh, well, so what they're saying here is not just virtual reality in the sense of the goggles and the 360, uh, you know, creation of these, uh, games and, and, uh, uh, atmospheres and events and things like that but that the internet itself pretty much if if you take that definition we've all been almost exclusively living in uh, virtual reality for at least two months here and some people many many years yeah well i find it interesting and, and tying it back to the moon stuff I, I always felt like one way that if the moon landings were faked one way mm -hmm. that they deceived everybody was through the television set, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. seen this. Oh, they're on the moon. They see video footage. Well, this boom in VR might be the next evolution of trying to deceive everybody of going to the moon or going to space or whatever it is. If, hey, look, you can be on the moon with the astronauts in your VR right. headsets. And yeah. everyone will say, look, I was there. It was like I was there. It's just a very yeah, convenient. That would be an interesting uh, recreation of the... 1969 just the social impact and social uh 
um, experience of, you know, being there watching it on TV. You know, you hear people say, I know I was sitting right in the living room with right. my parents or my kids or whatever when it happened. I'll never forget it. And now it'll be everybody, you know, I was there in my VR headsets looking around and all that kind of I stuff. Can That's see really interesting Earth. I could see aspect. Earth through my VR goggles and therefore it must be true. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the extreme end of it. But uh, also, yeah, in terms of a practical sense, I think this is uh, this was coming. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. the virus accelerated all of it and made it so that uh, certain industries would die and other industries would pop up. And VR being one that really can take advantage along with delivery robots and flippy arms. Yeah, and I everything mean, it's else. crazy how quickly... <laughs> it murdered so many industries yeah. i mean live event industries that sort of thing and now it's all falling on vr when we started you know following virtual reality augmented reality all that kind of stuff it was kind of a not as a joke but you know it's just something we were interested in it didn't you know and and whenever we talked about the the major impacts that it would have on the future it was always very theoretical and uh and, you know, we all, not to say that we are having to stretch too far, but, uh, but I mean, it took a year, maybe two years to go from, uh, you know, gimmick, g gimmick gadgetry all the way to it's the only way <laughs> to experience <laughs> right. other people. Right. And it's just crazy how we've been reporting, at least on News Talk, but even before then on Canary Cry Radio, the advent of VR and AR and, and how it's going to impact society and how it's going to impact all of our day-to-day -day living, um, you know, real player one type of stuff that, that we've been covering. And people are like, yeah, but it's going to be a while. It's going to take so long. I know. You know? I, we were even putting it out. We're probably the craziest ones and we're putting it out maybe 20, 30 years. But uh, I wasn't saying that long. I, I, I thought it would come sooner, but I didn't think it would come this year. <laughs> Just yeah. boom, here it is. Put on your VR headset or lose your job kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going to become more and more difficult for people to avoid uh, if they want to keep their jobs, if they want to communicate with people or whatever it is, that whole VR headset, it's, and it's going to become cheaper. That's the other part, right? The, the devices are going to be cheaper, more accessible, and they're going to, the kids are going to get it a lot sooner. Uh, I guess I was going to say in their schools, because we were reporting on that as of last year, you know, kids and uh, right. public schools and stuff are receiving VR types of experiences to learn and that can, that, you don't need to be in a school setting to do that anymore. You can do it at home. So yeah. I'm sure education will be a big uh, vehicle to bring this to everyone's homes. Just like it, the TV, it's exactly like the TV was in everyone's homes eventually. I think we're going to see a, a similar boom in the VR uh, gadgetry sector. Holodex, baby. Holodex, yeah. I've thought, of, I've, I've thought about converting one of the rooms in my place into just a full-on holodeck. <laughs> Just completely devoid of furniture. All you got is a virtual reality headset. Are you going to connect to the strings? You remember we reported on the strings on the fingers <laughs> yeah, a well, couple episodes funny. ago? Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know if that has a future, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of these holodecks and, you know, they, they hang the uh, the cords for those who have corded VR headsets. They're on these like suspension systems hanging from the ceiling. And yeah, it does look like the person... 
uh, wearing the helmet is like a, a marionette. We uh, oh, so poetic. We actually got contacted by somebody who was uh, had put together something called Jesus VR. We might want to reach back out to them and do an interview with them because mm-hmm. um, basically, I mean, they were working on this a while ago, but it's I think you can check it out now. It looks like for fifteen bucks here, but. Uh, yeah, Jesus VR is, um, is it's a virtual reality experience of like all the locations of the Bible and things like that. So, I mean, people are already doing or building or have built this type of thing for the VR, you know, church for the VR uh, headsets or whatever. Right. Interesting. I, you know what? You should try it. Look at this. It's got stories from the Bible. It's got the birth of Jesus, the baptism, uh, the devil tempts Jesus. It's got 14 different chapters. The Last Supper. I'll give, I'll, I'll give it a try. Yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks kind of ridiculous, but I mean, ridiculous in the sense of, I don't know. There's a picture of a lady here holding up her VR goggles, and it's got the Jesus VR logo on, on the thing. There's something about covering your eyes. Sorry, Basil. That makes, that I feel like it makes you look ridiculous from the outside, you know? I mean, from the inside, well, yeah. you're you're in this virtual crazy world space, but from the outside, you, you do look pretty ridiculous. Gotta say, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. That's why you got to put some big old eyes on the outside, right. to not look ridiculous. <laughs> okay. And speaking of ridiculous guns, oh. let's take a second. We'll take just a quick second sure. here. I want to thank everybody who's uh, watching over on Twitch. We're still number two on talk shows and podcasts, which is very cool. But uh, anybody out there, if, head on over to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Let's try to get that up to number one. Man, that would be cool, huh? Um, so if you're not doing it yet, now here's the thing. I know people love their YouTube. I know people love their Facebook. Uh but uh, we, uh, as we know, there's a lot of problems with censorship and shadow banning. And we had a live stream cut midstream on YouTube. They they shut us off whenever we start uh, talking about things we shouldn't be talking about. Um, and of course, lots of demonetization, things like that. We're not on YouTube because we make any money from it because we don't. Um, but Twitch has a bunch of really cool tools that will help us support ourselves. I mean, we are your guys's uh, essential employees. We got nothing else going on. So Twitch, thankfully, um, has some alternative funding structures. So what we got to do is we got to get our average viewership up to 75 and we've only got a few more shows to do this now today i'm looking over there we got uh, we got about 100 viewers right now which is awesome but our average viewer count is calculated over 30 days so we're actually not quite up there our average right now is 65 viewers we need to get that up to 75 so if anybody out there i see there's hundreds of you out there on youtube and uh other places if you could go to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio and uh watch it from there and you know some people don't like it here's a secret you can just open up another tab and have it there and still watch it on beloved youtube because uh you know we don't want susan with jiki to get mad at us for taking away her business. Um, I haven't seen Susan with Jiki in the, in the chat today. I'm oh, kind of yeah. sad. I don't see her oh, hanging I should, out with I us. I should grab my letter to show everybody. I got, I got a letter from Susan with Jiki. Why don't you do your oh, little Twitch you? thing? I'll grab the letter real quick. Are you going to do it or no? Okay. Huh? Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to, while you get your letter, I'm going to give uh, some shout outs. That sound good? 
Okay, we got uh, Arkman614. Ding, ding. Thanks, Arkman. Oh, and if you're in the Twitch uh, chat and it's your first time here, um, mention it so I can give you a shout out. Like Vitruer. Vitru Vitruer. Yeah, okay. Vitru Vitru. <laughs> I have no idea how to say your name. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but thanks for being here. Um, we also got Airship Enoch. Cool name, Ooh, Airship, Airship Enoch. Enoch. I, I think I know. I think I met Airship Enoch. Yeah, it seems it sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, LJS Mom seventy. Thank you, LJS Mom. We got Kari. Oh my gosh, hold on. Let me make it bigger. Caria Costa. Caria Costa. Thank you. I need the Waymaker. Thanks for uh, visiting here. We got the Teeters. T i i t e r t s. Bring forth fruit. Thanks. Bring forth fruit. Warrior Chick Jan. Thanks, yeah, Warrior, Warrior Chick. Chick Jan. We got Elon Musk. Oh gosh, Elon Musk, Alien Man. Yeah, Elon Musk, Alien aliens. Man. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we got uh, those are it. Those are our new viewers that I have on this list here. So thank you guys so much. Um, we got the Montgomery Jones. Oh my gosh, I found him. Montgomery Jones. Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, I have another podcast called The Joy Spiracy Theory. I recommend everybody go check it out. It's a great place to be. And there's been a strange anonymous man for years uh, calling my speak pipe and leaving me messages and just singing for like a minute and a half. Sometimes it's... Uh, it seems like it's all extemporaneous. Like he's making it up as he goes. Sometimes it's uh, based on a theme of like a well-known song. Sometimes it's just completely wild. Uh, and there's somebody in here says the Montgomery Jones. He says, I'm the one that leaves awesome songs on the joy spiracy theory. So I finally, I found you Montgomery Jones. You've been such a mystery. Um, okay. So there's some fun news. All right. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Uh, new. We got Arkman. Oh, we called out Arkman. Um, they call me Socks13. What's up, buddy? And we got Rajanak, longtime follower on YouTube. Just made the switch. You get the gold medal, Rajanak. Okay, that's it for the uh, Twitch shoutouts for this time. We'll take another break a little later on. Um, but again, folks, remember, uh, I know you don't want to do the work of doing a couple more clicks to help out your buddies, but please, if you could, even if you just have it in a separate tab, go to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. It's a huge help. Thanks, guys. And we also have uh, dlive.tv slash canarycryradio, and that's where uh, it's kind of like, well, if you, if, you know, if you don't like Twitch because Twitch is Amazon, then you can head over to DLive, which is technically got bought out by Tron and Justin Sun, so it's not as, you know, it's got its own problems. But it's another live streaming platform. Uh, in the meantime, I, I got this, uh, this letter here. You see the letter? It's yeah, got, okay. I'm going to try to show cool it letter. on the video. It's a, it's from Susan Wajiki. Oh, you got a personal letter from Susan Wajiki. Yeah, this is, a, this is kind of an older letter, but uh, it's when I ha got 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And um, I'll just read parts of it here. You've done something very few YouTube creators accomplish. You had Ooh. an astonishing 100,000 people subscribe to your channel. 
Wow. Uh, we know numbers on YouTube can get really big, but we hope you don't lose sight of the reality behind that six-digit milestone. Each and every person wow. who has subscri- subscribed to your channel has touched, uh, was touched by what you did. All this kind of nice kind of stuff. And then it says here, we know you don't do this for rewards. You do it because you have a drive to create and share and because you found an audience who cares. Believe us when we say that we can't wait to see what you do next. I don't believe you, Susan. A million, subscri- <laughs> <laughs> a million subscribers may seem a long way off right now, but you're closer than you think. We're rooting for you. Congratulations. Sincerely, Susan Wajiki. And uh, again, Woo! this was a couple of years ago when, I, when the channel broke 100,000 subscribers and it, it's at 263,000 subscribers and it's been stuck there for many months. So yeah. either people just don't care beyond 263,000 people or they're not allowing the channel to grow anymore, which is fine. That's, that's okay. We've seen that. We, uh, yeah. And as usual, I mean, people, you know, people love the YouTubes. We get it. Uh, we're having to make a switch because, um, if funky things happen over there, funky numbers, videos disappearing mm-hmm. obviously famous for uh shadow banning and censorship which you know what they're their own company they're allowed to do what they want but that means we're allowed to switch platforms and that's why we're over on twitch um being a little bit nicer to us even though you got a nice letter from susan yeah. i want my i want my letter from uh from bezos <laughs> uh good luck with that one you yeah. might get you might get a, a robot dog, one of those DARPA dogs knocking on your door, you know, with uh with a letter from Bezos in his mouth as a like yeah. sc- as a scroll. Oh no, yeah, they'll they'll come, they'll come get me. Yeah, those robot dogs, do- doges. Dogs. <laughs> know where I am. <laughs> robot. Oh, gosh, I've lost control of my VR hand. Okay, yeah. there we go. All right, should we get back to the stories, Gons? What Let's do you think? Do it. Okay. Oh. I think this is the first, I don't know. You know, actually I might've messed up. I don't know that this has something directly to do with COVID. Uh, okay. However, it does have a little bit to do with uh, what we just talked about with Google and YouTube. Um, okay. Bar calls out tech companies that are willing to accommodate authoritarian regimes when it serves their business interests. It's a one minute clip. So I wanted to play this for everybody. Check this out. Yeah. Is that advocate most loudly for warrant proof encryption in the name of privacy rights are at the same time willing to accommodate authoritarian regimes when it serves their business interests. For example, it has been widely reported that Apple has worked with both the Communist Party of China and the Russian regime to relocate data centers to enable bulk surveillance by those governments. Apple also has reportedly disabled features and applications on iPhones used by pro-democracy advocates, thereby facilitating censorship and oppression. If technology companies like Apple are willing to oblige the demands of authoritarian regimes, they certainly have no excuse for failing to cooperate with rule of law nations that respect civil liberties and privacy rights and have judicial safeguards. Okay. So I uh, might have labeled that story wrong a little bit there in the notes <laughs> there, but uh, okay. Yeah. Bar going after uh, Apple and their authoritarian, their coziness with authoritarian regimes. 
Um, yeah, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's been a topic of conversation for a while, and it's funny because I mean, Google's been working with China uh specifically for years and they even had a, an employee protest um, because they were helping create weaponized AI for China and you know a lot of drone stuff I know Amazon had some trouble over there too um, but you know Apple, just now, I mean, they were kind of the last bastion of the idea of a big tech firm that wouldn't bow to governments. And uh, yeah, just recently they started slipping a little bit, giving location data for COVID tracking. Well, at least publicly. Um, there might have been some yeah. stuff going on behind the scenes oh, already. Yeah. Who so, knows? yeah. Mm, but okay cat hair in my mouth <laughs> um so yeah so there you go you got bar calling out uh, big tech uh, you know at least it's nice to hear something coming from the top yeah um you know but the way i see it, it though by the time we're hearing it from you know the political pulpits it's yeah it's kind of like too late i think it's, it doesn't really make that much of a difference in my opinion i mean they'll try to you know bring it down a hammer or whatever but yeah they're they're a little i don't know empty threats maybe yeah, it's always empty threats, man. These these corporations are immune. You know, there's been a lot of talk and there's been a lot of talk about trust busting too with Google and Alphabet and all this stuff. Trust busting, you know, uh, being uh, activating the antitrust laws to break up companies that have monopolies. There's a lot of talk about that recently. I just can't imagine that actually happening. I don't know when the last time a trust busting suit actually succeeded. Yeah. Now that's not because I'm the follow them, uh, you know, on the daily. Maybe there has been, but I have not heard of one. Usually, it's a pretty big deal when that happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with as much complaints and as much. Uh, the the emotional roller coaster that specifically the big tech companies have created just on a daily basis uh, to simple human existence. Uh, somebody, I mean, I would love to think that uh, somebody would be a called to account for that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, again, on one hand, they're calling out these tech companies, but on the other hand, we should all just vaccinate her. Oh, oh, gosh. Get your shots on. Get your shots on. This is a clip from Alan Dershowitz. Another one-minute clip. Uh, quite disturbing, if you ask me. Let Real me quick before. Clearly. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Real quick before yep. you do, I'm giving a shout out to FJV Tank 0311 who made the move, and giving a shout out to Swamp Lily the Painter. Nice. Uh, finally started watching on my PC so I could switch to Twitch just to watch you guys. Boo to Susan. All right. That's right. Boo to Susan. Boo to, Su <laughs> Boo to, Boo to Susan. I, I, All right, I thought, I saw, thought I saw something in the chat. Somebody saying that Susan's threatening people with something to come back to YouTube. <laughs> no, Susan, uh, uh, Susan was cheeky official, who is a, an avid viewer of our Twitch channel. Um, she, uh, she's been offering free YouTube prime memberships. Oh. Or, sorry. You, YouTube premium, uh, for those of our listeners who switched to Twitch to switch back to YouTube. <laughs> they really don't want us over here on Twitch guns. Excellent. Okay. So this is a uh, constitutional lawyer, Alan Dershowitz discussing the, uh, the whole, you know, the rights of citizens when it comes to avoiding vaccines. Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease. Even if you disagree, you have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, can I stop you? Did, 
Yeah. No right not to be vaccinated, meaning if they decide you have to be vaccinated, we have to be vaccinated. Absolutely. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccine, where is that in the Constitution to prevent if the vaccination is designed to prevent the spreading disease, if the vaccination is only to prevent a disease that you will get, for example, if there's a disease that will kill you, you have the right to refuse that. But you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a uh, contagious disease. Public health, the police power of the Constitution gives the state the power to compel that. And there are cases in the United States Supreme Court. Let me put it. Very- Did you see his the, the guy interviewing his face like throughout the whole thing was just like appalling. It, it, I can't believe that he was like, what? Huh? Yeah, it is appalling. Uh, it's I mean, this is really troubling. I mean, he literally said, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna say no to the vaccine, they could take you out of your house and bring you to a do- I mean, come on, man. What uh, was that? The end of the clip? Yeah, it's the end of the clip. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, man. It's crazy. It's just weird. In, in, in no, I mean, (laughs) that's like, here's the thing. Usually when you traffic in sort of the, the interesting exploratory ideas that we do, um, that's the kind of talk that you get sensationalized and delivered to you. And usually the truth ends up not being so on the nose like that but this is i mean the we should talk about dershowitz someday i mean he's he's uh he's a a, he's a very influential figure and for him to be coming out and they're not even trying he's not even trying to sweeten it here this is not like well you know it's it's forever it's our responsibility as good citizens it's no you do not have the right to not get vaccinated the police have the right to scoop you away and bring you to a facility and get you and plunge a needle into your arm the the exact words (laughs) plunge a needle into your arm that wow okay do you know where this full interview is taking place i wonder we might need i I need to watch that whole interview yeah well we'll leave links in the description for from the show here but uh yeah i mean this one minute clip is what people are sharing around and it's quite disturbing so i don't know on one hand bill barr calling out big tech companies on the other hand constitutional lawyers saying that they're going to plunge needles into our arm if we don't comply hmm all right. Well, Speaking they know of, best. Uh, yeah, they, they know best. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of this COVID thing here. COVID. This is the Los Angeles Times. So you really want to see your friends? Here's how to assess the risk. They're going to tell us how how to do it. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Tell me how it's done. Your willpower is fraying. Mine is too. For two months, we've been good. We've Zoomed. We've FaceTimed. We've waved at neighbors from across the street and behind the fence. But enough is enough. We want to see friends and family in real life. Now many of us are allowing cracks to form in our protective coronavirus fortresses, crossing our fingers while doing our best to mitigate the risk. We let our kids ride their bikes together as long as they wear their masks. We invite friends into our yards for drinks, being careful to set the chairs six feet apart. Which, by the way, Mm. I've seen that in my neighborhood. I don't know if you've seen this, Basil, but I've seen birthday parties on on the lawn, and everyone's mm-hmm. all spread out. And it, I, I mean, it just looks kind of ridiculous. It, it looked more like a ritual circle than it did any kind of uh, social <laughs> gathering. 
Um, right. We experiment with picnics and social distancing walks. We make packs. I won't see anybody and you won't see anybody. And that way we can see each other, right? Maybe? No. Los Angeles County health officials are still advising people to resist the urge to visit friends and family, even from a distance of six feet. We are recommending that you continue to do your distancing in the same ways that we've recommended before using technology. Uh, where's my ding? Here it is. Using technology is a theme here. Barbara Ferrer, the county's director of public health, said Friday, we are not recommending at this point in time that people should be in social units together. Elsewhere, however, public health experts acknowledge that even rule followers are likely to experience quarantine fatigue and are looking for ways to cheat as safely as possible. Dr. Quarantine Mary, fatigue. That ain't that the truth. I know. Dr. I'm Mary, tired of this. <laughs> Dr. Mary Bassett a former health commissioner for New York City and professor at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, said she expects people will soon begin to expand their cone of safety beyond households, whether or not public health officials think it's a good idea. Regardless Mm -hmm. of what we tell them, uh, this is a quote, regardless of what we tell them, people will try to rank their risk, Bassett said. Quote, whether outdoor activities are safer than indoor activities, does it make sense to expand the circle of people I see? These are the things people are going to want guidance on. The hard truth remains that just as uh, abstinence is the only surefire way to avoid a sexually transmitted disease, the best way to protect ourselves from the coronavirus is by remaining physically isolated from one another. But for many of us, put it in a metaphor, people will actually understand. (laughs) But for many of us, and for a variety of reasons, that may be impossible. uh, I'm sorry. That may be an impossible standard to maintain. So if you must see friends, how can you tell if an activity is high risk or low risk? And this is where I just found it so ridiculous. Because remember, Basil, we've been stuck in our homes inside this whole time, right? Yep. A general rule of thumb is that outdoor tends to be better than indoors. Mm. Small groups are better than large groups, and a shorter period of time is better than a longer one, said Julie Swan, head of the uh, Department of Industrial and Systems Engineering at North Carolina State University in Raleigh. The relative risk of seeing others also depends on how prevalent COVID-19 is in your community and how much potential exposure the friends or family member you plan to see has had to the virus, said Chunhei Chi, director of the Center for Global Health at Oregon State University. Quote, the idea of safe or not safe is not black and white, he said. It's a degree that is influenced by multiple factors. Uh, Isn't that true for like anything? Wearing a mask will reduce, uh, reduce the risk of becoming infected with the virus if you don't have it and the spreading of it to others if you, don't, uh, if you do have it but don't realize it. But enough of the broad strokes. LA Times asked Dr. Mary Beth Sexton, an infectious disease expert at Emory University School of Medicine, to help assess the risk of seven social activities that people are already engaging in. So it kind of goes through some of these things here. Two mm-hmm. families gathering for a barbecue in the backyard with families staying six feet apart. Hello, cat. Sorry, this cat is going crazy. Uh, the the quarantine is uh, not doing well for the kitty. That is a big mm-hmm. kitty. My goodness. Yeah, she's hefty. That's a hefty. She's, that's a happy she's kitty. Her, she's gained her uh, COVID-19. <laughs> Pounds. Pounds. Ugh. Okay. Verdict. It's tough if kids are involved. Context. 
Cooking burgers on the grill is okay, Sexton said. Scientists think the majority of coronavirus transmissions are through respiratory droplets that spread when people are in close proximity, proximity to one another. Some contact spread is also likely if someone coughs and sneezes on the surface like a railing or doorknob, and then someone else touches it. But if the food was prepared by someone practicing good hand hygiene and then is well cooked, it's probably okay. Just make sure people were not touching the same utensils or plates. The concern here, <laughs> and they're turning us all into germaphobes. <laughs> The concern here, but also that's crazy. Of course, you're not going to use the same. I know silverware and play. I mean, of course, we've all done it. There's reasons to do it, but like you're not going to do that right now. I know, just in general, but yeah. The concern here is that while the adults can execute the safe uh, the plan safely, it's hard to explain social distancing to kids, especially if they haven't seen one another in a long time. And if the kids are playing together, they are bringing anything they are exposed to back to their families. And uh, the next one, social distanced uh, walk with, let's admit it, some drift. Verdict, relatively <laughs> low risk. Context, it's hard to always know you're uh, six feet apart. And Sexton said there's nothing magical about six feet anyway. Some virus laden droplets expelled in a cough or sneeze travel three feet while others might make, uh, make it as far as nine. The good thing about a walk is that you're outside. Once again, we're outside. And that generally, uh, that's generally safer than being inside. Ooh. <laughs> because there's better airflow to carry droplets away from you. And as mm -hmm. long as you're trying to maintain six feet of separation as much as possible, even though six feet is not really a, a, a magical number, the only thing you would make, uh, the only thing that would make you even safer is wearing a mask. That goes for both of you. Not according to Fauci. <laughs> I know. Uh, mom's night out in backyard. No kids, no spouses. Bring your own everything. Stay six feet apart. Uh, of course, it's just, they just said it's, there's nothing magical about six feet, but then they just keep saying, hey, yep, six feet. <laughs> Verdict. I know. The whole thing is filled with contradictions. I know. It's crazy. Context. Keeping it outside. Keeping kids from playing together and keeping people from going in and out of the kitchen or sharing food and drinks are all good. But as we ease back into socializing, Sexton said, smaller is safer. If there were 10 moms at a gathering and you assume that each mom went to a similar party earlier that week, then attending this party is like being exposed to a hundred other people. Uh, that's where a gathering like this can rapidly spread the virus, especially if one of the guests was particularly contagious. She said, isn't this true for like the normal flu too? Isn't this not just, but anyway, drinks around Don't a fire pit. The story, I know, I'm sorry. Drinks around a fire pit chairs, six feet apart. <laughs> That's a big fire pit. I know. Fairly low risk. If people really observe distancing in that kind of situation, then it's fairly safe as long as you limit, uh, limit it to a small number of people. Two families quarantined together. Mixed verdict. Uh, context. There are some really nice things about this idea, Sexton said, but it's hard to guarantee that someone in the group isn't going to be exposed. If they are, they are bringing the, that exposure to a larger group of people than they would if they were uh, with their own family. A lot of fear mongering going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids riding bikes together while wearing masks. Verdict, intermediate risk. Context, what this situation has going for it is that kids are outside. Again, thought we were supposed to all be inside, but hey, the good thing about this one is they're all outside and their bikes prevent them from getting too close to one another. Plus, you've got the protection of masks. 
Sorry, which goes against another uh, study or whatever you want to call it that came out a few weeks ago saying that you don't have to wear a mask if you walk, but you have to wear a mask if you bike because for some reason biking spreads more of the germs or something. More airflow will yeah, yeah more airflow right. to carry the germs even though earlier that it said that it's less likely because the airflow mm-hmm. will carry it away from you. Anyway, but you have to be careful because if any of these kids have been playing with other kids, their risk of exposure is magnified and they carry that risk back to their families. No, oh, no. To make this safer, make sure none of the kids has had a ton of exposure to other kids and that they really understand that masks need to stay on. They should also wash their hands immediately when they come home. Uh, you know, the mask thing, have you seen, there's been some articles, I don't have it here for the show today, but uh, kids, uh, so the effects of wearing a mask, one of them is you reduce your uh, your blood oxygen level quite a bit. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, oh man, there's a cat just stalking around me. I can hear her. <laughs> Clever girl. She's on me now. Um, uh, talking about how it lowers the oxygen level in your blood. And there's actually kids. Uh, I think this particular story I saw was in China of kids, you know, doing PE or, or running around with masks on and collapsing because, uh, you know, their body needs higher oxygen, but the mask isn't allowing it to happen. So I don't know. It's a little bit of a give and take, man. Yeah. But the bit, the fact of the matter is that wearing a mask more than anything, it's already been proven. The the experts, the uh, Fauci says that wearing a mask is useless. But uh, I've talked to, I've had quite a number of conversations, even with my normie friends. I was talking to a normie buddy of mine, and he was asking if I was wearing a mask. And I said, oh, you know, sometimes, uh, just when I don't want, uh, just to make other you people feel comfortable. Yeah. What? You don't want when you when you don't want dirty looks when you're walking outside. Yeah, when I just don't want to draw extra attention. I mean, sometimes I do want to <laughs> draw extra attention. Sometimes I just don't want to deal with it. So I'll pop a mask on if I go into a store or something. Um, first of all, where I'm at, t- nobody's wearing a mask anymore. But I was talking to this guy, and even he, I mean, and he's, uh, I wouldn't say he's like a, a radical leftist type of guy he's just a normal guy you know right who's uh, sort of on the normal side of you know not liking trump and and uh you know generally being um you know a liberal minded fella and even he was like oh you know i just do it just to make people comfortable i think it's all virtue signaling and he said those words i'm like <laughs> really oh, okay yeah he's like yeah i just do it so people know that i'm <laughs> cool so this this last one here is interesting. It says, letting someone use your bathroom. Verdict, safer than you might think. If you take some basic precautions, context, Sexton said there are a couple ways to make this scenario safer. If someone goes into the house to use the bathroom, let them go alone. When they're done, it's critically important that they wash their hands really well. Then you'll want to clean the restroom afterwards. Almost all household cleaners have indications that they kill coronavirus. As long mm-hmm. as you can clean surfaces and wash hands, you should be safe. Remember that uh, there was a, I can't remember if he was a, a mayor of a city or something out here where I'm at, mm-hmm. said in, in, a, in a press conference last week or a couple weeks ago, maybe, uh, that anybody that shares a bathroom, we're going to have to remove them out of the home. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so again, another wild. contradiction going on with uh, the, and that was actually uh, Orange County, I think the right next to LA County. So 
I don't know. If anyone's really paying attention to this stuff, they'll realize that the messaging is very confusing because on one hand, we're going to remove you from home, from homes if you're sharing a bathroom with someone, uh, but also it's totally safe if you just clean the bathroom. <laughs> so I don't know. It's yeah. just a ridiculous thing here. And I just want to real quick super chat. Uh, uh, what's the person's name here? I, I scrolled by and I saw it and I responded to them. Um, uh, O operator US patent W02020060606 google it and uh yeah. thank you for the super chat i uh i sent a link back in reply to a video that i published back in uh, at the end of march uh covering the microsoft patent mining cryptocurrencies and um still haven't made haven't gotten more than 15,000 views on that video uh, YouTube really doesn't like anybody finding that video, apparently. Yeah, our our last live stream, usually on, on your channel there at Face Like the Sun, we'll get, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20,000 views. The last episode, which is, I think, the one that got cut or the one after the one where the stream got was, cut. Yeah, the one after it's like, it got cut. It's like stuck at 5,000. The numbers yeah. won't go up at all. It's And it's really bizarre. Um, and if it was, I mean, if that if that kind of... Uh, fluctuation was normal it wouldn't it wouldn't be weird but suddenly all of the sudden you're losing 75 percent of your viewership or 60 percent or something i got the letter from susan it's crazy susan proof. what happened your love is so fickle susan i know do we have a 5g jingle uh no okay, not that i know of we're making a call let's, out let's, Let's mention that to people. So, hey, everybody, here's the thing. You're listening to, uh, you, we got all sorts of fun jingles. People love the jingles. We love the jingles. Um, and a lot of our jingles are created by listeners. So if you're a listener out there and you uh, you know your way around some sound software or you're a musician or you know how to use an iPhone app or something, uh, you can make us jingles and we'll play them on the show, give you a shout out. It's fun. It makes the show better. You're getting involved. Well, you're then a producer of the show. It's awesome. So uh, we need a 5G jingle out there. So if you're, uh, if you're one of those types of people, you know, just figure out a little jingle, a little, uh, maybe a little sound clip or something. Make it, uh, try not to make it any longer than like five seconds. Five seconds is kind of the max. Um, but put some together, folks. Send it to us. You can send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Again, that's canarycryradio at gmail.com. We need a 5G jingle or else we're going to be in trouble. I'll just, uh, this is our impromptu 5G jingle for this episode. Uh, okay. Where is it? It will kill. There you go. Ooh, Here's your yes. 5G. And another couple of super chats. One more from Ho Operator and then one from Crystal Moonshine. Thank you very much. She says, you. Uh, great job, guys. Awesome. Great to have you back, Crystal. All right. So are you ready for this 5G article? You know, I kind of want to let you have that one. I want to take uh, the next one. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Unless I can do both. <laughs> no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. Okay. I got All it. Right. Back off, you got googly it. eyes. You got it, bro. <laughs> Okay, this is uh, Reuters.com. False claim video shows 5G telecoms equipment stamped with COVID-19 ready to be installed into a mast. Yeah, a video. I saw this video just today, actually. Okay. Um, I saw it floating around YouTube, and yeah, it's uh, just a guy. He's, he's some sort of telecom worker putting together. Allegedly. Um, yeah, allegedly putting together a 5G mast. 
And uh, do you want to just show a clip of that or what do you think? Um, let me just go through the article because it kind of describes what, what's okay. happening here. Why don't you go for it? A video being shared widely on social media shows a man who presents himself as a telecoms engineer allegedly revealing equipment labeled Cove-19 that is due to be installed into a 5G tower. This video contains false information. The footage emerged earlier this week and has been shared on multiple social networks garnering thousands of views. And it's got a bunch of Facebook links going to uh, the examples. Uh, it shows a man wearing a hard hat and high visibility jacket telling the camera that he works as a telecom engineer erecting 5G masts across the UK while the country is in lockdown. He then holds up a circuit board and claims it is a piece of kit that has Cove-19 on it. He adds, quote, I don't really know any products by any company that produces circuitry like this that has the brand name Cove-19, but that's what it says on the effing circuit board. I'm not an effing conspiracy theorist, but obviously I've read all the stuff online about coronavirus and COVID-19, but why the F are they putting circuitry like that in towers like that? It's not clear whether the subject in the video is actually a telecoms engineer, but the equipment he holds is not 5G telecoms kit. The circuit board was actually taken from a Virgin Media box for cable television, that, uh, the casing of which can be seen on the bonnet of the van as the camera pans at the end of the footage. Virgin Media confirmed to Reuters it believed the circuit board had been taken from an old TV box and the Cove-19 engraving was not authentic. A company spokesman added, quote, that is a board from a very old set-top TV box in which never featured any component parts inscribed, stamped, printed, or otherwise with Cove-19. It has absolutely no relation to any mobile network infrastructure, including that used for 5G. A gray cable connector on the far corner of the circuit board in the video is situated next to the SCART plug, as seen on an image of a Virgin Media TV box, and it's got a link there. Mm -hmm. Reuters was able to compare the buttons seen on the near-sided edge of the board with pictures sent by two sources who owned the same box and had pulled it apart. The layout of the circuit board also matched the pictures sent by the sources. Verdict? False. The video does not show Cove-19 labeled equipment ready to be fitted to a 5G mast. This article was produced by Reuters fact check team. And you know, there's a plenty of legitimate concerns for 5G and the scientific experiments showing that, you know, it unravels DNA and things of that nature. Uh, we don't need this type of thing. And so it leads me to believe unless it's just like a prank that this guy was doing because he does have a face mask on. Right. So you, you can't really uh, see who he is unless they use their Not eyebrow like that matters though i, I know it know, doesn't matter i, I got pushed back against this uh is a prank because or he's in the cia because he's wearing a mask well no no, no. i'm not saying no, that no, he's no, in the no. cia because he's wearing a, i'm just saying i'm saying he's, he's wearing a mask you're saying he is <laughs> i think this could be a purposeful disinfo for the truth uh for the truth or people that's what okay so that's what i'm saying i'm not that's a possibility if not a hoax then it's something like that because there are legitimate concerns for 5G and to throw this out there and to have debunkings going on for it suggests that they would want a type of, hey, there's nothing wrong with 5G. Look at all these crazy people coming up with crazy theories and uh, even fake videos like this where clearly it's, it's not a very good job if they came up with it because you know there, there's a lot of people that were commenting and, and looking at the circuit boards, know what they're looking at, engineers and stuff that were saying, yeah, it's not anything like what the uh, the real tech looks like. So mm -hmm. um, just an interesting little story that you, you, you got to stay vigilant. You know, you can't believe everything you read about, but also you can't necessarily believe the debunking of it at the same time. You got to be skeptical all around in terms of this stuff. 
Well, uh, the interesting thing is that this is from uh, Reuters or Reuters, Reuters, however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, they're not usually, at least in our past experiences, they're not necessarily in the business of debunking. A lot of times they kind of lean towards the uh, the kind of truther side. Right. Which is why this is interesting that it's, it's yeah. it may be that maybe Reuters is starting to, you know, uh, get pressure from somebody to, to start uh, giving good 5G propaganda out there. You never know. Yeah, it's a pretty big love, outlet. Gotta love the good 5G propaganda. <laughs> Yep. Uh, All right. You know, I don't have a jingle for this, but we're talking four about four horsemen. Oh, that's right. Where's my four horsemen jingle? Uh, 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 where is it? I can't. Oh, there it is. The four horsemen of the Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. That's right. We like to keep our eye on the four horsemen of the technocalypse. For those who uh, are new or may not know, the four horsemen of the technocalypse, as uh, identified by us at this moment, are Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and of course, the beloved Bill Gates. (laughs) Um, Now, this is an interesting one. This is RT.com. Again, kind of a flip-floppy, interesting... um, outlet and for those who don't know part of what we do here is we kind of track the outlets themselves um, because it's valuable if you're going to be in the you know if you're going to be exploring the truth of the world you want to know what the where the outlets are leaning how they are perceived and how to read each outlet because each outlet will um you know, they'll have certain things you got to keep an eye on. Yahoo News is one that I've been enthusiastic about recently. You know, traditionally a mainstream left-leaning, I mean, categorically left-leaning uh, uh, outlet has recently been doing some incredibly balanced stories on things like Obamagate, um, where usually, you know, you get a left-leaning outlet talking about Obamagate, how it's all conspiracy theory and there's nothing to see here, slave. Keep moving. Um, but Yahoo actually doing a, a pretty good breakdown of Obamagate it, that I think was very fair and balanced. It's possible that during this whole crisis thing and everybody locking down, there's a lot of musical chairs taking place. Uh, mm, some outlets be. going down, others you know, trying to find ways to stay relevant. And maybe, right, maybe that's why we're seeing to... the mix match of different outlets starting to act differently. One of the ones that flipped big time that, uh, that I know you used to go to a lot, I think is drudge. I think drudge is all like, uh, the drudge report. Didn't they used to yeah, be like, I, I oh, never was super into them, or whatever. But... Yeah, I know. But it was one of those outlets that seemed to be more uh, true, quote unquote, truth based, but now they're uh-huh. all progressive, you know, kind of taken over or whatever. Um, right. anyway, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's interesting. I've not checked in on Drudge before. They're they're going left a little bit. I thought so. I don't know. Maybe I maybe it wasn't Drudge. Maybe it was another one. But I, I I'll look it up while you're reading this real quick. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, this one is from RT, uh, otherwise known as Russia Today, which has been uh, you know sort of scried as the ultimate Russian uh, uh, propaganda conspiracy theory crazy outlet um but here we go we got rt.com talking about this uh headline reads italian lawmaker demands bill gates be arrested for crimes against humanity but why (laughs) the article reads an italian lawmaker has managed to bring the conspiracy blame game to an entirely new level exercising her 
a parliamentary privilege to blast Bill Gates as a vaccine criminal and globalist tool. Bill Gates, <laughs> he's such a tool. That's Bill a good, Gates yeah, and his latest anti-coronavirus efforts have been at the center of the wildest theories that explore possible sinister motives behind the billionaire's activities. Uh, in arguably the most high-profile outcry last week, an Italian MP for Rome, uh, Sarah Cunha, uh, delivered a speech rarely, if at all, heard in any parliament. In her passionate address, Cunha uh, called upon fellow lawmakers to defy any plans for compulsory vaccination against COVID-19. Such endeavors are being pushed by the corrupt elites, the deep state, she claimed, pointing the finger at Bill Gates as one of the main culprits behind the vaccination drive, if not the pandemic itself. Being a well-known anti-vax activist, Cunhal singled out Gates as the villain primarily because of the vaccination campaigns that his foundation has been conducting for years in less developed countries. But while boldly accusing the billionaire of sterilizing millions of women in Africa and paralyzing hundreds of thousands of children in India, she also added a good pinch of GMOs and 5G tech to, dense, to the dense conspiracy mix of his, quote, sins. The Italian politician also harshly criticized the anti-coronavirus lockdown down measures that her country was among the first to impose. According to Cunhal, the isolation serves the globalist agenda too, while the Italians, the Italians, have been subjected to, quote, holy inquisition of false science. Quote, it is our children who will lose more who are raped souls, Cunhal said. In this way, the right to school will be granted only with a bracelet to get them used to probation, uh, to get them used to slavery and involuntary treatment. When hecklers attempted to interrupt her, the president of the chamber called to order because in a, quote, free parliament, anyone has the right to express their opinion and scored a round of applause. Hmm. Allowed to finish her speech, Cunial raised the stakes even further, pleading with the Italian PM to submit Gates to international justice, unless, of course, Giuseppe Conte is uh, himself part of the global deep state conspiracy. While Bill Gates has often been a target of assorted conspiracy theories in the past, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic has ramped up the uh, interest in his persona. His quest for a vaccine against the COVID-19, <laughs> the COVID-19, uh, <laughs> as well as a recent Microsoft patent vaguely describing a device that tracks body activity, caused a lot of fuss. Despite the fact that Bill Gates has technically stepped down from Microsoft's board and is no longer associated with the corporation, while the sinister patent WO2020060606 never mentioned any implants, some deduced the billionaire might be planning to sneakily microchip humanity under the guise of coronavirus vaccination. Ellipses for reasons. While Cunhal's tirade against uh, uh, might sound unprecedented, it's not particularly shocking coming from a fierce anti-vax ac activist who was expelled from the Five Star Movement Party last year over her dissenting views. She also wouldn't be the first high-profile fi uh, figure to scapegoat Gates. Russian gotta bring the russians in here oscar-winning director nikita mikolkov uh, made headlines earlier this month after he just like kunyal sounded the alarm alarm on national tv about an alleged plot to decimate and control the population 
of the planet. So this was interesting. First of all, very interesting that, uh, you know, as much as people uh, in the U.S., you know, if a politician mentions anything about anything, they're immediately, you know, sort of labeled as a conspiracy theorist and shunned by many. Uh, we actually have an Italian politician standing up in parliament and calling for Bill Gates to be classified as an international terrorist, basically, uh, which is uh, just a fun thing. It's Italy, you know, they, they're wild over there, man. Yeah. Um, but RT usually considered the sort of wacky conspiracy theorist outlet uh, a, a few slams on conspiracy theories and anti-vaxxers and things like that right here in the article guns you're true they're they're, they're kind of making a uh kind of turning things around huh well yeah there was a couple quotes that you skipped over and and i, I don't think they were rep uh, usually they repeat quotes in the bold yeah. text but these were actually quotes from the the lady there uh, for decades, Gates has been working on depopulation policy and uh, dictatorial control plans on global politics, aiming to obtain the primacy of on agriculture, technology, and energy. And then later, the real goal of all of this is total control, absolute domination of human beings, transformed into guinea pigs and slaves, violating sovereignty and free will. And then one more. Next time you receive a phone call from the philanthropist, uh, philanthropist Bill Gates, Forward it directly to the International Criminal Court for Crimes Against Humanity. So that's uh, all the uh, virtue signaling going on from this uh, this lady in parliament. Yeah, I, you know, that is weird that RT normally is on the side of, uh, I don't know, I guess the truther they, side of the conversation. Yeah, they lean truthy. Yeah. They're, they're sort of truthers <laughs> They lean bit. truthy. I like that. I mean, back when we first started Canary Cry Radio, RT was wild. I mean, they were the ones who are all in on uh, on truther stuff. Yeah. Uh, but now it's, it's kind of weird to have them slamming the truther people. Yeah, especially in this regard, because you, know, you cannot say anything bad about Bill Gates. Uh, some right. damage control. Yeah, I wonder if there's some fine, yeah, some financial interests there yeah. having to be uh, uh, balanced. Money talks, and I think it, yeah. we're starting to see where you obviously have a faction of people across governments all over the world that are tied in to you know you got your the United Nations, the World Health Organization, uh, similar types of philanthropists like Bill Gates and others, and um, and those who aren't, but also keep an eye on those who aren't who are big, you know, financial uh, big shots, so to speak, connected to other types of big money. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like the any kind of civil war that was going on behind the scenes is a lot more public now, is all it is. It's, it's kind of always been going on, I feel. But now it's just a lot more virtue signaling happening in public uh, because some of the issues have, have gone public. Like yeah. Bill Gates sitting there telling everyone needs to get a vaccine and Dershowitz saying we're going to, drag you to hospitals and plunge needles into you and stuff like that. So there's going to be an obvious response. They, the, the controllers, the elite, the top, they have to know that there's going to be a visceral reaction for at, from at least half the population at the very least when they start rolling this stuff out there. Right. So, so you got to think that both sides are controlled like most wars, you know, the bankers mm -hmm. fund both sides of war. And I feel like this is kind of what's happening. And of course, if, if you're any kind of logical person who just wants to live in society in peace and, 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 you know, uh, for, especially those who want to follow the, the two basic commandments, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. 
the people are going to lean towards the more rational side of the argument here of like, yeah, we, we, we're not going to take some vaccine that some guy that doesn't even vaccinate his own kids is going to give everyone in the world. Of course not. You know, and of course we're not going to force agree to be a, a part of the crowd that says force vaccines on everybody. That's logical, but that's crazy. It, but that's the thing. It's uh, the, that whole narrative. Uh, just beware, you know, the path is narrow. Because that side of the argument can also be very much co-opted into either a political movement or some kind of other, you know, big movement. Um, and you know, you know, that's why we try to stay. You know, people talk about being balanced, and it's it's balance on one hand, but it's also just being on the narrow path. You know, because yeah, well, you got to keep an eye that the, yeah, on both sides there's uh, a manipulation and wolves and uh, tomfoolery, just a lot of hype, and you. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a balance. Both reading uh, both sides of the the newsy spectrum. Um, that's the only way to get to a, a a sane place in all this. You can't just read everything and believe everything that kind of uh, not just confirms your own ideas and your own beliefs, but escalates them. That's, right. <laughs> that's and how that's things kind of get out of control. And that's what stinks about this whole thing. And that's why you know psyops work is because the information, like legitimate information and concerns about Bill Gates and the Bill Gates Foundation and, and the stuff he's been doing in Africa and all, all this kind of stuff, legit concerns mm -hmm. become politicized weaponized uh the other way around you know it's like oh the information is out there too much we should co-op that and make sure that there's a some kind of leader behind it and you know we skipped yeah. the story earlier um because I, I think you just skipped through the, the quick updates that we normally have but elon musk tweeted out this thing uh i think it was yesterday uh as of this recording take the red pill Elon Musk, take the red pill yeah. in a tweet. And, you know, <laughs> half the people thought like, yeah, he's a Republican now. And other people are like, oh, he's just telling right. the truth about the matrix. And we live in the simulation, <laughs> man. And, you know, that kind of thing. But certainly he's, he's signaling one side of the aisle here. And uh, he, he's another horseman uh, of the technoclips that we've been keeping our eye on. That's why he's one of them. Yep. So, yeah. Um, okay. Sounds good. Anything else about that? Yeah, that's it for, for this story here. Yeah, I well, I, you know, I th I'm glad we had that little conversation. I'm glad that's where that conversation went because, you know, often, Gons, you and I are a little bit depressed because it's the channels that uh, are super uh, pick a side and super, mm -hmm. uh, you know, accept every new crazy theory that comes along. You know, share every new video, whether it's fake or not, and just sensationalize it and blow it up. Those are the channels <laughs> and the content creators. They're really that making it. <laughs> just, they really have an outrageous number of uh, just the heat on those people is nuts. And, uh, you know, they're, they have a little bit easier time uh, supporting themselves than we do. It's the narrow path, man. It's, yep. it's never easy. It's not fun. And with that, I'm going to take a quick, quick break. Nobody go anywhere because we got some great stuff to end the show with. Um, but first of all, I want to give a couple more shout outs to the Twitch followers. Uh, we got Unorthodox Socks. What's up, Unorthodox Socks? Saw you in the chat there. Glad to have you here. And the Juan of a Kind. Love it. Great name. Juan like of a name. Kind. And I gave a shout out to FJV Tank. Thanks for being here. 
Um, Swamp Lily the Painter. Yeah, only only a couple new followers. So thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, the numbers are looking great. We lost a little since the mid- middle of the show there over on Twitch. Um, so if a handful of people want to head over to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio, help us get those numbers up. We're still number two in talk shows and podcasts. Uh, on the list which i'm very excited about but uh we'll see how that goes maybe we can get to number one and a brand new follower coming in xv gamer vx 811 what's up xv gamer thanks for being here buddy happy 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 about that um and just so everybody knows if you haven't heard you can go to twitch.tv uh slash canary cry radio we're trying to get our average viewership up to 75 we're at 65 uh over the last 30 days when we hit 75 we get to unlock a bunch of cool tools and here's the thing folks this is good for the show this is going to be fun for the show because once we hit those marks there will be fun tools we'll be able to uh let uh listeners become producers by playing jingles straight from the chat a bunch of fun stuff um so help us get there it's really going to make the show bring the show to a whole new level i think um super fun and also here's the thing folks we go uh we operate on a value for value basis what does that mean it basically means we put out the show for free and if you get value out of it you get the opportunity to put some value back into the show and that um that uh, looks many different ways but uh one of the ways is uh we uh, we so graciously get some financial help from some of our listeners, uh, especially over at patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk, patreon.com slash CCNT. And I got a couple new pledges, Gons. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Since last show, we got a brand new pledge. First from Cynthia F. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia, Cynthia F. And uh, we got another pledge by uh, E.J. Baker. Thank you very much, E.J. Baker. Um, so those are those are our two new patrons. Thank you guys so much. And here's the thing. If you want to support the show, here's the thing. If you've listened to one episode or 10 episodes or 100 episodes, it's simply what is it worth to you? What is the show worth to you on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? You know, what is every show worth to you? If it's worth nothing, then whatever. Don't support. <laughs> but if it's worth something, uh, consider helping us out. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash ccnt like i said or a lot of people don't like patreon that's totally cool uh you we have uh, our website at canarycryradio.com slash support canarycryradio.com slash support that's right. So you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. And uh, we got PayPal. We got cryptocurrency. We got one-time donations. All sorts of fun ways to support the show over there. And uh, we want to thank those people as well. Yes. And uh, thank you for the people that have been supporting us through PayPal. Uh, there's many of you who have been doing it for a very long time uh, on the subscription. Uh, just the monthly amount. You can pick your amount here and and uh, support us monthly that, that way. Um, and I want to give a few shout outs for people that have been supporting us on the PayPal's there. Let me get it up here. Oops. Yes, you'll receive a gong with the name. Um, Benjamin, thank you, Benjamin, for the one-time support. Jackie, 
is a new recurring supporter. So thank you, Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Uh, also, I don't think I'm going to be able to hit everybody here, but uh, Ingrid. Thank you, Ingrid, for a very, very generous uh, support donation, one-time gift through PayPal. Lynn, also a new recurring supporter. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. And let's see, who else do I have highlighted here? I, there's a few people here that uh, are longtime supporters, and I'll we're going to figure out a good way to, to you know shout out those people who have been supporting for a long time, and those things are coming. Uh, yeah. Leslie, Leslie, uh, a recurring one of the top recurring supporters. Thank you, Leslie. And one more, Alice. Thank you, Alice, for your Woo! support. And uh, Kyle, Sarah, I'll give you guys. A gong as well. Thank you for Yahoo. your ongoing support. And um, since we're here, I just want to mention that uh, again, as Basil stated, we do have a uh, uh, we do accept cryptocurrency, and you can go to canarycryradio.com/slash/crypto to learn some stuff about decentralization and decentralized web. And uh, you know, you can check out. Actually, we should probably embed the the interview we just had with brad cam from unstoppable domains um yeah, you, you want to drop a link to that or something I oh you mean embed it on that. the crypto I'll, page yeah. yeah i'll do it in the crypto page here uh but also on the page both the support page and the crypto page we have our uh qr code slash uh public addresses public keys to our bitcoin and litecoin ethereum a few yeah. others and i want to give a thank you to tristan Thank you, Tristan, Thank you, because Tristan, Tristan was uh, one of the first people to give us Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin in support Ooh. of the show. So thank you. We received those. It's the all future. confirmed on the blockchain. And um, nice. and also just a quick uh, super chat from The Narrow Path. So thank you, yep. The Narrow Path. That's right. Now, Gons, get ready with that P.O. Box info, because we had some people asking about it here in the chat. Okay. Um, and what in the hillbilly heck is asking about what's our PayPal info? Um, if you want to do something by pep PayPal, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Right there, embedded, um, is all our PayPal stuff. You just choose the options and get into PayPal. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, uh, our PayPal stuff is canarycryradio at gmail.com. Is that right, Guns? Yeah, that's it. That's, yeah. that's correct. So uh, if you just want to send something on PayPal, it's canarycryradio at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Um, right. And then, yeah, the P.O. Box, occasionally people will send us checks. It's fun. Yeah. Do you want to uh, put that P.O. Box out there? Yeah. Hold on. We, we have to figure out a couple things with that. But in the meantime, um, mm, there yeah. is a little thing on the facelikethesun.net uh, page. Let me, uh, let me try to pull it up here and make it a little bigger so you can see it. Okay. Um, and there's a snail mail uh information for snail mail that i can't yeah i gotta get the get snail there. mail buddy and here it is that for people watching the video you can go to well you can send letters to uh just, yeah. oh right now i mean if you're gonna write a check uh i don't know basil which which one did you want to do because there's a few ways just, you can do this canary cry radio just okay. put canary cry radio on it and send it to that address and you'll okay. be all good the address is p.o box 7383 laguna Niguel, california 92607 and uh, again go. we'll leave all the links in the description so you guys can come look at that and and you guys can look at the transhuman snail here that i have on the screen as well okay yeah <laughs> wow a bunch of people jumping off of the uh 
Yeah, they don't. The they don't Twitch. like it. They don't like it's us talking Twitch. about money. Mostly the Twitch people jumping off. That's okay. crazy. We lost like thirty Twitch followers, viewers. I'm sorry. We got to support ourselves, man. This is all we got. Yeah, and we got, we got kids uh, to feed, folks. I know. More coming. Um. So there we go. We just lost a bunch of Twitch uh, viewers. So we need a bunch of you to jump back over to Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Canary Cry Radio. There you go. All right. Yeah, let's talk about money, guns. Money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, Gons, so yeah. funny. You know J.K. Rowling. The occultist. <laughs> the author of the, uh, the Harry Potter books, amongst others. Yeah. Yes, the uh, uh, all sorts of stuff to say about J.K. Rowling's. But she recently tweeted, uh, people are now explaining Bitcoin to me. And honestly, it's blah, 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 collectibles. My little pony. Blah, 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 computers. <laughs> Got one of those. Blah, 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 crypto. Sounds creepy. Blah, blah, blah. Understand the risk. I don't, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. We got, we're just getting some attitude over here, Little, J.K. Rowling. I think she admitted somewhere that she's drinking along the way on the weekends or something. So <laughs> maybe that's part of it, too. Well, but. you know what she's doing is she's responding to uh, at Bitcoin, the Bitcoin Twitter, uh, right. this semi-official official Bitcoin um, Twitter account. And they tweeted, wizards still need to trust Gringotts Bank. Bitcoin fixes this. Obviously, being a comment on, uh, you know, uh, in the Harry Potter world, Gringotts Bank is the the sort of central bank um, that uh, the wizards use. And uh, yeah, Bitcoin making a comment here about central banking and the trust that you need to have in the system. But Bitcoin solves this problem by creating a trustless environment. You don't need trust because the system takes care of itself. And she said, I don't think I trust this. And then just (laughs) went on a tirade about apparently J.K. Rowling just hates Bitcoin so much for some reason. Yeah. well, one and of the, God, yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say one of the responders uh, was one of the four horsemen of the technocalypse, Elon Musk. That's right. Elon responding to J.K. Rowling is a real, uh, real celebrity death match here. Yeah. So J.K. Rowling said people are now exposed. Oh, so we already read that one. And yeah. in response, Elon Musk said pretty much, although massive currency issuance by government central banks is making Bitcoin internet money look solid by comparison. So Elon, the pro pro crypto, and he tells everybody how much Bitcoin he has, which I uh, it's kind of a weird thing to do. I still only own 0.25 Bitcoins, by the way. I think he's being a funny guy there. I don't know but okay <laughs> that's just weird to say that uh yeah anyway yeah so you got bitcoin becoming um mainstream so to speak in this crazy time and uh stories like this one here this is the uh fed chairman uh jerome powell talking about the printing press and uh i, I wanted to play this 30 second clip for everybody simply mm-hmm. flooded the system with money Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. 
So we, you know, we as a central bank, we have the ability to create money uh, digitally, and we do that by buying treasury bills or, or bonds or other government-guaranteed securities, and that, that actually increases the money supply. We also print actual currency, and we distribute that through the Federal Reserve banks. So, just pretty much yeah. admitting, uh, we, we have the ability to create money, and I mean, you know, it used to be that they're a little bit more subtle about this whole thing of printing money just out of thin air, but now they're just kind of like, well, we have this ability to do so, and we buy the bonds, and you know, basically they're borrowing against uh, the future, our children, and uh, and <laughs> flooding the market with dollars, which is very troubling if you're, uh, you know, if you just think about it logically. Uh, supply and demand. If you have a massive amount of supply, each unit of account goes down in value. But of course, that's where the modern monetary theory comes in, where the government says a dollar is a dollar, so everyone agrees that a dollar is a dollar. And but you can uh, just hear him when he's handling that question. <laughs> you can tell that he's uncomfortable oh, having he's uncomfortable. to say it out loud. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he. He knows it's not cool to say, and nobody, <laughs> A, nobody will really understand it, and also, B, nobody likes it, and C, it's not great to do. <laughs> I mean, you could just tell he's so nervous to have to mention that they digitally print money. <laughs> which, uh, which is interesting, again, because of the fact that there is this thing happening where people are realizing it, and they're they're seeing Bitcoin or they're learning about Bitcoin as an alternative, uh, as a real digital asset uh, and actually being able to store value. And we won't go through the story here, but there's a Forbes.com article. The U.S. just destroyed a potential dollar revival is Bitcoin next. And, um, you know, the, the article tries to get into, oh, they're going to try to ban Bitcoin and, and all this kind of stuff. But also, hey, it might be a way to uh, preserve your wealth for people that are worried that they're treasury bonds and whatever kind of money they have in the traditional markets might be falling apart. And, um, you know, that's not really the mo most disturbing story we have. Of course, this is stuff we've known for a long time about the finicky nature of money, uh, or at least dollars, fiat money. That's we have, right. uh, it's, yeah. it's all about blockchain, baby. Blah, 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 blockchain. And, uh, nice. yes, this one, <laughs> I'm going to let you have this one, but yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll, uh, there's some interesting art to go along with the disturbing story here. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get you in there. Th now here's the thing, folks, we were talking about back during the first, uh, coronavirus relief bill of which now there's another bigger, bigger, better, stronger, faster one coming out. Uh, but the first one, um, there was, they were toying with the idea of the digital dollar. And we're here to help. Gons and I are here to help you understand blockchain, here to help you understand cryptocurrency, not just what it means for you now, but what it might mean for you in the future. And a digital dollar, a, a cryptocurrency dollar for the government is a dream come true. However, they don't quite know what they're doing, but uh, here's the thing, Forbes.com. So this is the Forbes. The Forbes. This is headline. not some crazy outlet. <laughs> That's right. This is no, remember, this is a mainstream outlet. Here we go. Visa applies for digital dollar blockchain patent. Dun, dun, dun. dun. So those uh, who know Visa, you know, Visa, Visa. The, 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 the Visa, the Visa, 
Yeah. Um, here we go. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office published today that Visa has filed a patent application to create digital currency on a centralized computer using blockchain technology. Centralized. Centralized. Yeah, what? Centralized computer using blockchain technology. Uh, some of you are chuckling out there because that's a blatant. Uh, uh, what's the word? When uh, there's a word for when things are uh, opposed to each other on their face. Contradiction. Contradiction. There you go. This patent applies to digital dollars as well as other central bank digital currencies such as pounds, yen, and euros. And so the physical currency of a central bank anywhere in the world could be digitized. Described as digital fiat currency, the patent was initially filed by Visa on November 8th, 2019 with the USPTO commenting today, quote, it takes quite a while to publish the filing of a patent. Visa's patent is described as a central entity computer that receives requests that include the serial number and denomination of a physical currency. The creation of digital currency and the removal of the physical currency from circulation in a fiat currency system is recorded on a blockchain. Uh, Quote Visa. I was going to try to hit. I was about to hit the blockchain jingle when you said that. But instead, I almost hit the melting babies clip, but I'm glad I didn't hit either. <laughs> okay, go on. Same, Sorry. Same thing in this case. <laughs> yeah. uh, the article continues, quote, Visa has a vast global team of inventors and innovators working on cutting edge payment technologies. Each year, we seek patents for hundreds of new ideas, says Visa spokesperson, quote, while not all patents will result in new products or features, Visa respects intellectual property, and we are actively working to protect our ecosystem, our innovations and the visa brand j christopher giancarlo a senior counsel at wilkie farr and gallagher and former chairman of the u.s commodity futures trading commission commented on visa's patent filed with the uspto quote this confirms when the u.s does big things like the space program and the internet there are partnerships between the private and the public sector this patent filing is evidence Uh, The private sector is very much at work on the future of money. Giancarlo has been very active at the virtual Consensus Distributed Conference this week hosted by Coindesk. Congress considered the idea of a digital dollar when debating the CARES Act, the third COVID-19 relief package. Uh, Although the digital dollar was not included in the final legislation, separate bills have been introduced in both the House and the Senate that looks to legally create a digital dollar at the Federal Reserve and also a digital dollar wallet at the U.S. Treasury. The digital dollar was suggested to provide economic stimulus benefits and possibly universal basic income to Americans. The full abstract of the patent filed by Visa is described as, quote, techniques are disclosed which include receiving by a central entity computer a request for digital currency. The request includes a serial number and a denomination of a physical currency. The central entity computer generates the digital currency for the denomination and linked to the serial number. Visa's patent goes on to state, quote, the generating uh, includes recording the digital currency on a blockchain. The central entity computer transmits a notification of the generation of the digital currency and central, <laughs> my cat does not like this voice that I'm doing. Uh, the central entity computer causes removal of the physical currency from circulation in a 
fiat currency system. An image of the patent filing is listed below. But there's the key right there. The central entity compu computer causes removal of the physical currency from circulation in a fiat currency system. So what you have here is they have patented uh, a way to accomplish what governments want to do right now, which is a, a cashless society, yet they are a private company, obviously Visa being, you know, the biggest money uh, transaction system in the world. Um, but it's all about taking the physical currency out of circulation in that fiat currency system. Now, they're doing a really good job to express that this is specifically fiat uh, digital currency. They're not calling this a cryptocurrency, which is good because they're talking about a centralized computer, which inherently goes against uh, sort of the philosophy of digital, uh, I'm sorry, of cryptocurrency and blockchain, but they're using a blockchain for some reason, which uh, in a centralized system is not it doesn't mean anything special. It doesn't add anything to the system. Yeah, it's just and a anybody better else. or a more immutable ledger. Basically, it's not. Yeah, really... but yeah, but if you're Visa, <laughs> I mean, there's no reason for it. In, there's in no this reason. case. Yeah, in this case, there's yeah. no. And people who know a lot, you know, if if you're well versed in blockchain, you, this immediately jumped out as pointless bud buzzwording. Yeah. Um, but the article goes on, the patent lists the application as the Visa International Service Association, uh, which happens to uh, Same, acronym, yeah, acronym out Visa. to Visa. <laughs> Uh, in San oh Francisco, gosh. California, notes the inventors as Sam, Simon J. Hurry and Alexander Pierre. Hurry up. Maybe some inter interesting fellows. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah. Get it done. The patent, <laughs> the patent further describes the workings of a digital wallet and a blockchain. The digital wallet includes a public and private key pair, while the blockchain is described as including a plurality of blocks, blah, blah, blah. They just kind of describe a blockchain. Um, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Scrolling here, seeing if there's anything important. It kind of just gets into some random technical stuff that doesn't make for very good radio, but I recommend if you're a blockchain person, come check out this article. Um, and then it goes into some of the other blockchain stuff that they're trying to do. So there you go. Coming from Visa, it, it's almost like a, a sieve or a, or a filter or something in order to filter out physical currency, get it out of circulation and turn it into individual digital assets for, uh, for digital currency, not cryptocurrency. Keep that in mind. It's not cryptocurrency. It's digital currency, but it's pretty whack. A couple things to mention here. Okay. Uh, first off, I made a post for Face Like the Sun patrons back on the 20th of March. And I think I made that post. I don't know if I made that post public. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here, but the internet is a little slow and I don't want to throttle the, the connection too much. Um, but in that post, <laughs> uh, the title of the post is, Is the Dollar About to Crypto? But in, in it, I talk about how the US government is trying to create a digital dollar. And how mm -hmm. they're going to have a digital dollar wallet that will perhaps digitize your driver's license, your social security number, and you will have this uh, digital wallet attached to it so that they can, you know, easily uh, send stimulus checks or something like that right into your digital wallet that is tied to your social security number and everything else. And, and this is like a big step in that direction. 
Um, but the thing that's really, I think, the most uh, telling giveaway here is the artwork, which um, for whatever reason, I'm having a hard time making it larger here uh, for the viewers on the video. But there's this diagram here from the patent, and it's a kind of a confusing diagram. It, the, and again, there's like no point to really have a blockchain with this. It just validates the transactions and blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of senders and users and it deploys this but there's a very interesting thing if you're into the world that we're into in terms of looking at conspiracies or secret societies more specifically there is a a, a symbol in the section of transaction processing network that has these four i don't know uh cylinders that are all connected and inside the cylinder is a square and compass that of the freemasons right there inside <laughs> the diagram of how yeah, this digital go, dollar folks. is going to work. So there's your tell right there. If you want to know who's behind the, uh, the, the, the visa digital dollar project patent here. Oh yeah. Look at that. That's fun. Right there. It's in the middle. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very good. And it says architect under it. Wow. So yeah, I mean, that's like blatant, uh, virtue signal, well, not virtue signaling necessarily, but signaling to those in the know, that, yeah, hey, 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 this is what you want to Yeah, this is what you want to get into if you're a Mason. Yeah. Uh, I just thought well, it was very we funny. We, we better take the hint, Gons. <laughs> you want to invest in the Visa Visa? You know, I'm not a I'm not a Mason, but if you can read their signals, you know where to make your money, bro. <sighs> I know. Or you where to avoid it so you don't get caught up in the whole network of people there. Yeah, uh, you don't want to do that, or else you'll end up melting babies into candles. <laughs> And melt those babies into candles. Oh no, we did it. <laughs> I did it. I hit the button. Oh, I no. couldn't I couldn't refuse. Um, uh who said it? Somebody in the chat here. Oh no, I'm sorry. I think I'm I lost who it was, but they said that a digital wallet is sexist. <laughs> Why is it not a digital purse? <laughs> you know, Very that's a funny. good point. Somebody somebody can really capitalize on that. A crypto purse. Start making digital purses, man. It's all it's all in how you uh you know you can have the crypto or digital fanny pack. I mean it's all there's all kinds of stuff. I think it was Bear ICD who said that. Yep. Thanks, Bear ICD. Excellent. Or Barrick D or Barricked. I don't know. He's (laughs) (laughs) all right. So um anything else about that? No, other than to say Son of a beasting. Yeah, son of a bee sting. All right, let's see what else we got here. You got some it. memes in here, Gons. Uh, do you want to do those? I, I wasn't planning to really do them, but there's I a couple of I don't funny know what ones. they are. They're yours. What are they? Well, there's <clears> one <throat> here. There's a meme about, this was tweeted by James Woods. He's one of the uh, conservatives in Hollywood. Yeah, and, he was, uh, uh, what was he? He was the old the Batman? Was he Batman? No, he was oh, not no. Batman. What are you? What are you James thinking? Woods was somebody. He was. Uh, he played. Uh, oh gosh, chat, help us out. He's. <laughs> he's in. He was in some Disney movies for sure. He did some voices. What in the hillbilly heck is saying? Oh, she says yes, but I thought that was about the, the, James Woods thing. I don't know. He's a guy. He played Hades, he's, I think, in um, Little Mermaid Hercules? or something. Hercules had Hades in it. Oh, maybe he shows up there too. Anyway, he posts yeah. this, uh, this, this, uh, I guess a, 
billboard type thing that says, even on Gilligan's Island, they list they listened to the professor, not the millionaire. Oh, uh, cool. And then and then James Woods' response, and they never got rescued. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag liberal logic. But uh yeah, yeah I thought that was pretty okay. funny. Yeah, funny, There's another funny. James Woods one. Uh, do you want to describe this this next one here? Uh, the socialism versus capitalism. Yeah. No, I want you to. I want to hear you describe it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, for those who don't understand, uh, free market <laughs> I'm capitalism. All these memes—they're all just like my grandpa's capitalist memes. <laughs> Cons. That's why I said we shouldn't do them. That's why I, I yeah. didn't plan on doing them. The, you know, you know how it goes. I put in all the stuff in the document, and you know, we cut out like half of it because it's just <laughs> me putting nonsense in there. Um, okay, so there's a man standing on a board uh, on on the side of a cliff, and there's a and it says capitalism above him. And mm-hmm. there's another man standing on the other side of the board, uh, mm-hmm. presumably uh, off the cliff there, but he's standing on the board, so he's you know he's He's on being something. held up. He's being held up and he's pointing a gun at the guy with the capitalist label and uh-huh. he is labeled. The man with the gun is labeled socialism. Yeah. And so uh, this has been another uh, example of how great it is to explain memes <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> uh, this one's good. It's uh, socialism and it's a picture of uh, red Chinese soldiers executing people. And then the next panel is democratic socialism. And it's the, be- it's the same picture, same picture, but it's just got a bunch of clip art of smiley faces and balloons <laughs> and uh, colors. Very fun. Um, Might as well do the last one. If I'm going to look at this last one. Oh yeah. Camera off. And it's the weekend mask off. It's the uh, video of the reporter. That's the reporter, right? Who is giving Trump a hard time about a mask uh, at the white house uh, media briefing. And uh, she was one of the ones giving him a hard time about not being good at being president, not wearing a mask and killing personally killing hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and then she was caught on camera standing up and taking her mask off right when it was done. <laughs> Meetings over. Let me take my, 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 my mask off Yeah, and, yeah, and go back feeling. into real life and not yeah. actor mode. Uh, and this other one's good too. It's uh, a little boy sitting in the prayer position with a, a mask on two feet away from the television screen. That says, remain terrified, question nothing, stay home. Yes. And that That is yes. the mind control system that we're currently go. living under. There you go. Well, there you go, Gons. Well, I think that's just about a show. We're a little over uh, two hours, I think. I can't really tell. Time is a flat circle, and uh, you know it's also an illusion, so hit me up, everybody. Um, anything else you want to do for the rest of the show to land the plane? Uh Thank you, everyone, for being here and watching That's or right. listening. Thanks for being here. And remember, because uh, we're doing shows three times a week. I know, it's crazy. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Sometime between noon and five, okay? We got to do sometime. It's <laughs> all approximate. Time. 
Yes, Pacific. Noon and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, We'll be uh, going next show on Wednesday, so make sure to tune in there. And remember to follow us on Twitch. It's only about, I did the math, I think uh, if people keep watching the Twitch, if we get a little bit more people watching the Twitch, we can hit our goal in about uh, four or five shows. So, you know, you guys are almost out of the woods on hearing me beg you to follow us on Twitch. Um, but I also want to remind people we're coming up on 200 episodes. This yeah. has been great. Yeah. We, I, when COVID nonsense started, we were at 150 ish, right? No, 180 ish. Right. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't remember. Something like that. We've done a bunch of these shows now. Um, so we've really been enjoying uh, mm-hmm. our fun live stream time, and we hope you guys have too. It's really fun uh, being able to say hi and bye to everybody. Uh, before we go, let me just check and see if we got any more Twitch followers. Uh, if you are a Twitch, if you're brand new watching first time on Twitch, uh, pop it into the chat there so I can give you a shout out. Um, I'm not seeing any new followers since our last break, but I'll keep an eye on the chat there. So thank you, everybody for following us on Twitch and watching live no matter where you are, on YouTube, on Facebook, on DLive especially. Uh, we got the real got the real freedom types over on DLive, so glad you guys are there as well. Um, and remember that we are a value-for-value value system. Usually when shows uh, get going uh, as much as we are, they, they turn to advertising to support themselves. But here's the problem. Advertising treats you, the listener, like a product that we would sell to a corporation. And that just doesn't sit right with us to uh, sell your attention. You trust us. You listen to us. Uh, or maybe you hate us, and that's why you watch, but that's okay, too. We still don't feel like rounding you all up like cattle and selling you to a corporation. Now, that's uh, inherently a bad business model because the entire world is built on advertising right now. So we uh, ascribe to the value for value model, which means if you get any value from this show whatsoever, uh, you have the opportunity to give that value back into the show and keep it going. It's really, uh, it's kind of a, you know, Adam Curry over on uh, the No Agenda podcast was describing it as, you know, it's like a trap. It's like a media tribe. And uh, you guys are our media tribe. And we all got to stick together. And uh, we, uh, we, we get together. We do the show. We chat. We, we like each other. And we even uh, collect in places like canarycry.community, which is a real URL. And you guys should go join there. It's our off Facebook, uh, out of the, the uh, reptilian clutches of Mark Zuckerberg, a uh, little social network forum place. You can go Go to canarycry.community, meet listeners just like you, have lots of different conversations. It's a good time. Now, it's not all ponies and rainbows, um, but people, uh, you know, they're not triggered. You won't get put in SJW jail, um, but you can have a lot of great conversations and really make some personal connections with people just like you. So make sure to go to canarycry.community. And there's a lot of ways to support the show, not just financially. Now, we do need the financial support, and uh, that's why we give shout-outs to those uh, uh, very, very generous listeners who help us out. But there's also a lot of other great ways to share the show uh, or to support the show, and that is sharing the show, leaving a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher, 
or any podcatcher, any place you're watching this, leave a good review, a thumbs up on Facebook, you know, everything like that. Um, And that really helps spread the show. That's a great way to do it. Another great way to do it is to just take an episode or a link and send it to one of your friends or family uh, because we got to keep, you know, got to keep spreading the word and that's the best way to do it. So uh, if you want to support the show, those are a couple of great ways to do it as well as following us on uh, any of our uh, social media stuff. So thank you so much for those of you who do that. And if you do... um, have a story of you sharing, uh, you know, an episode with a friend or a family member and they start listening, let us know. We, maybe we'll, we got to tell more stories like that because it's encouraging uh, when people email us at canarycryradio.com and let us know about uh, how they're waking people up all around the world. So make sure to do that. Um, what am I forgetting, Gonzo? I just wanted to mention Philippians 4.4 to wrap up the show because it really does uh, summarize what we're doing here. And Philippians 4.4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And, you know, we look at all these crazy stories and it's disturbing and troubling and, and you know, satanic people and everything else. But really, we're here to to just rejoice in the Lord through all of it because uh, and and googly eyes and shake googly eyes because... Hey, if we're not going to rejoice in the Lord, then then what are we doing out here? You know, we're just going to fear monger <laughs> right. each other. And certainly, there's a time for being serious about these issues, but also a time to hang out and talk about it and have fun with it. And uh, we want all you guys to join us in that. And thank you for joining us in that. And and share it, spread the spread the links with friends and family because um, you know it's it's a way to talk about these things without having to directly talk to them about it. We'll we'll present it to you guys. And to your we'll friends and family, you. we'll and do we'll, the heavy and we'll lifting. do it, and we'll do it with googly eyes and all, shaky googly yeah, eyes. Yeah, I had some people asking uh, that I, saw I need that. to shake my shake my eyes more. So you this can is hear them. Guys. It looks like Cookie yeah. Monster, to be honest. I know it feels like Cookie Monster. Um, so there you go, folks. Okay, here's the thing, though. Y'all got family and you got friends out there who are still getting their news from the mainstream, or God forbid, their Facebook wall. Here's what you got to <laughs> do. You got to walk right up to them. Got to look them in the eye. You got to grab them by the cage, and you got to shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! Rattle a few cages! Rattle a few cages! The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah, folks. And remember, we're doing three shows a day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometime between noon. What? You keep saying three shows a day. You've done it multiple times. We do three shows a week, not a day. They know what I'm talking about. We don't need to slow the flow for such minutia guns. Three shows a week, everybody. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, sometimes uh, between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you uh, click the little bell or you are following us so you can get uh, 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 notifications when we're going live. We usually put out a notification like a half hour beforehand. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook to get any of that. And uh, that's a great way to do it. So make sure to tune in on Wednesday, folks. But until then, all together now, think outside the cage.
to candles. Whatever, Illuminati. 